This is the Criterion Creeps Podcast. I'm Jarrett Duncan. Uh, yeah. And we're just two guys who have no other choice now but to creep our way through the Criterion Collection one spine number at a time in order of release. This week, we're, um, saying fuck the police. As we watch Spine 381 in the Criterion Collection, Matthew Kasovitz's Luck Lane from 1995. But first, oh, wow. RJ. Yeah. It's been a while. Has it? It's been it's been a minute. And it's been a Feels. minute it's been a minute in a couple other ways, not just for us, but also for our, our guest this week who uh we had to postpone last week due to mm-hmm. unforeseen circumstances and mm-hmm. uh they had to wait too. And then now they're here. And and the wait is over. Uh Justin Peterson, welcome back to the program. Welcome to Thanks for having me, fellas. Welcome to Discord. Welcome to Craigbot. Um, yeah, it's the new age. It's a new epoch. Um, I hope everyone so far so good. Week so far so good. Yes, and RJ. So far, we lance puppy. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it was fine until you know Wednesday hits. Wednesdays are a fun day, you know. Jarrett's there. I'm here. Jarrett's always giving me lots of prep work. People think Jared doesn't try that hard, but like he's always like, "You got to do this, you got to do that." Been taking French classes for a while here. Oh, Perry, just trying to get into the mood, you know. So, but uh, yeah, been a little bit. Haven't had a guest in quite a while either, because I think I thought yeah. we had chased everyone away. To be honest, <laughs> you know, with our general stink, but well, uh, people are still still climbing through somewhere. See, I think that uh, Discord now serves the purpose of uh, bringing people together. And uh, yeah, what's Discord, Jared? Oh, oh, that you should ask. I feel like yeah. it's, it's been a while—at least two weeks since you asked me last. I believe it's—it still remains one of the fastest-growing social media platforms in the world today. And what does that mean for the listeners at home? Well, that means uh, for those who donate to the the old Patreon for the Criterion Creeps. For as low as one dollar, you too can join the conversation and ha- and uh, be constantly ribbed and uh, abused, uh, insulted twenty four seven. Every every single thing is under the the microscope. It doesn't matter who you are, where you are. Um, it, it, we will we will attack you for what you believe. So it's a it's a very welcoming place, but horrible too. Yeah. Is that uh one dollar such a low price? Is that all they get with that Patreon membership? Yeah, well, actually, on Patreon as well, you get those exclusive ex- very exclusive clips. Oh, oh wow. Five fives of people will listen to RJ talk about Star Trek Discovery 
every oh, wow. little while. It's amazing. It's incredible. It's absolutely worth Jarrett sitting here for 45 minutes to an hour as RJ goes on describing this show that he's never going to watch. Well, I mean, I am watching it. No, you are. I'm a little behind on those. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well. Not surprising. Yeah, you know what? I, I think, think the last one I watched is when you guys did the uh, the Abrams movies. Well, see, that's, see, that's like that one's like a like a home run. I think that's the one's got the most listens of any of them, mm-hmm. by far. Yeah, it turns popular out popular content. It, Interesting. It, it, it turns out that when you talk about movies on a movie podcast, people are far more interested than they are listening to Star Trek recaps. Weird. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't really validate that as, as an opinion because I, I, I believe what people want is the content we're offering. Like, do you remember American Gothic, Jarrett? Do you remember? <laughs> I had a pause and go, "What?" And I go, "Oh yeah, my our good close personal friend, Sheriff Buck." See, that is premium content right there. That is what people are yearning for. Nobody cares about real movies or popular things. People want that. The thing that had the blackometer. No, uh, Millennium. Well. Millennium had the blackometer, but like I do believe the blackometer was discussed in American Gothic as well. It never, it never quite got up to full black like uh, Millennium did. No. That one was uh, some dark and scary stuff. Dark Speak, and scary speaking stuff. of American Gothic, it did come to mind because Caleb, little Caleb, makes an appearance in one of the. It's like the only other movie I watched in the last two weeks. In Mahane. Uh no, the only oh. the other movie. I don't know what else you watch this. Well, week. I'll, I'll tell you about it very briefly. Okay. Very briefly. Okay, okay. So Justin, so how, how how is yeah. uh, the U.S. of A? Yeah, excited here once again. I'm finally joining the five members club with old Frank and Michelle. Um, and so to put that into perspective, so that's eight months since I joined you for the awesome Canterbury Tale. Um, it's been a year since Hurry Curry. Two years since Diary of Country of the Priest, and three years since Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Kind of puts it all in perspective now, doesn't it? It's been eight months since the Canterbury Tale. My goodness. Wow. We know we're still... We're still so says the SoundCloud. We're still reeling from all the emails we get about that film. People, oh, they really love that movie. Not about the episode or anything, but that movie. Whew. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't remember... I remember. I remember so much about it. I should say, <laughs> such an I do remember our extensive ad for uh, Manscaped on that episode that we spent yeah. the first oh, fifteen yeah. minutes on. And, and glue. I remember did that. Glue. Did that uh, revenue stream run dry yet? You know what? Uh, they they said, "Hey, we'd like to stay in business with you. We'll send you some new copy." And I said, "Sure." And then they just stopped emailing me, and I just didn't care. It's <laughs> like that, that was good. We're free agents, baby. Beholden to no one. Maybe a company that promotes male hair, body hair, will reach out to us, and we can do that instead. Damn. Damn. Yeah. Let's take a look. Actually, let's Google that. How? Who promotes? A action? Promotion of... Yeah. Advocates for body gr- hair. Grotesque. Body Men's hair, hair. club. Mm-hmm. A new to pay every week. Earn your money back. Yeah. Sure. Uh, sure, that's one way to do it. Oh man, products. Is that your hair, RJ? This is quite a uh, Albert no, Einstein ask. This is a growth, actually. Uh, yeah, Jarrett. Jarrett, like, has been because uh, we live close to each other now. He's been kind of like um, 
tampering with my water supply. He's poisoned the watering hole, and I'm starting to get weird gro- growths in weird places. Do you know what I mean? Like a mold fuzz. Oh, man. Mold fuzz. Yeah. Right, Jarrett? When, when, when are you going to take care of that? Like, what do you mean? Like, as a solution? Yeah. Like, like a, a, a starting it, solution or a final solution? Give it a trimsy. I don't know. Whenever you come over to give it a cut, big boy. I got scissors. I see. Come on over here. Trim them up. Got clippers. Mm-hmm. I got everything you need. I got the clippers. I got the flippers, the flops, the uh, the glops, all that kind of stuff. Almost said something that bad there. I got myself. That's good. Very, very tricky being on the internet. Something that much. bad, yep. you say. After my uh, Vikings went down in flames, I... Uh shaved all mine off so this is a uh, about three weeks in so you can see how unproductive of beer growth i accumulate in the time but well you I just actually, keep putting along right i shaved today peterson it's just some some people are a little different you know That's puberty right. affects us all in different ways mm-hmm. yeah yeah i'd like puberty. to see puberty. <laughs> 15 years ago i think yeah. i don't know yeah, I mean, it doesn't stop for some dudes. Oh. You know? Maybe. Yes, that keeps giving. Sure, sure. Whatever feels right, you guys. Things don't have to be complicated, like everyone else says. Just whatever feels right. Yeah. Sounds um, promoting some, you... some unsavory behavior. Who? So where were you last week, RJ? I had some personal uh, matters I had to attend to, you know. It happens. It doesn't happen always, but that, it's kind of my point with Jared is uh, the uh, ironclad schedule we have with this podcast sets expectations for people, and sometimes you can't make it, you know, as much as you try. So it uh, just the way it is. Maybe we got to start implementing more breaks and more bye weeks so that people are more used to have, not having us around. Um, I mean, it, it's a little more difficult when guests are involved, but, uh, you know, sometimes life happens, as Jeff Goldboom would say. Well, I was going to say you know, life that finds uh, a way. last week, uh, there was a, a point where I realized that two of the podcasts that I first started listening to back in the infancy of podcasts, so late, late two, 2000s, so you're like 2008, 2009, I guess, when I first started hearing about what a podcast was hearing about the Smodcast. Um, and there's a couple that I started listening to, and they went for, you know, 12, 13 years uninterrupted. Well, all within about a two-month span, one has completely called it quits, and the other one, I'm going from a, a weekly uh, occurrence down to once a month, uh, which is uh, a hell of a thing. It happens to the best of them. You know, it ex- you get exhausted. It's 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 a uh, it's unsustainable. I think to go like yeah, oh, I don't know how the hell you guys do. It. <laughs> that's a good question, RJ. Well, it's a good question. <laughs> well, I, that's what that's what we're getting at. I I have long been of the uh, um, dial it back attitude, but uh, um, I mean we're here. We'll make the most of it, but you know, eventually we won't be. Everyone knows I'm gonna <laughs> die soon. So yeah, like it's. Just a matter of time, boys. Just a matter of time. I could we'll go out with a bang, though. And by bang, the poll I mean... on the Discord going? That was uh, running, right? Uh, how many episodes you'll get to? I think 
people were all saying that they'd like us to stop now, if anything. Well, they said just whatever episode you're currently on, that's the one should, that the, should be the last one. The, the, the clear winner of the, the pack, I think, was by Spine 500. What are we on right now? Uh, 382? 500 is way too far. That's still like three years from now. 381 we're at, yeah. Yeah, it'll be way before that. Way, way before that. that. Could be tonight. We might just oh, be you know what? right now. It's actually, a, it's a split. Actually, it's, it's a three-way tie. Uh, I, had, I had to dismiss Easy mm-hmm. Poll's auto vote. So either we're going to be done for the next 13 weeks, the next yeah. 113 weeks, or when Criterion Collection uh, announces its insolvency and goes into goes bankrupt or whatever, sounds. Mm-hmm. I, I like that one. I like that. I, I like that one. That'll be the mm-hmm. end. I mean, it'll be the conclusion. Run into the ground. We we mm-hmm. helped get our part, but I mean, I haven't heard about anyone else losing their job recently from the Criterion Collection, but not yet. Not yet. We don't want people losing their jobs, but I don't. I don't want to do this podcast forever. You watch their closet videos? No. Nope. <laughs> I, I watch videos. You usually only put them out of like once a month, but now they're putting them out like every week. I don't know what the surge is all about. I don't know. They're they're, they're, they're trying to get a, a relevancy. I think. I think they're they're searching for relevancy because mm-hmm. I imagine that they're um they were way too slow getting to 4K, and uh, there are boutique mm-hmm. labels doing a way better job of putting out. Like kind of like following their audience, like the audience of people who buy stuff online like really fast. Criterion's kind of been left behind in that regard. There's no urgency in getting Criterion's. They're not limited, which is good. But at the same time, it's not great from like a, I don't know, making money standpoint for collectibles. I mean, if they if Criterion started doing fancy editions, which I think they are opposed to, uh, they'd be making money again. But because you know that you're like, well, whatever came out this week uh, or was announced this week. I feel like uh, Thelma and Louise and like on Blu-ray is going to be around for a very long time, and it's like, eh, I, I can get around to that when I want to, if I even want Thelma and Louise from the Criterion Collection. What are the spe- like people don't? I think watch- uh, what, Tokyo Drifters up at 4K now. That's part of the release. Yep, and I think people from- have been demanding that forever. <laughs> That's the thing. Like I don't know. Of course they were. Well, see, back when those were like. See, looking back at it now, like when uh, those Saijin Suzuki movies were getting put out by Criterion, these like kind of like hip 1960s uh, Japanese movies, there wasn't a lot of that at all on DVD in any good quality. But now, like you have like Arrow uh, putting out uh, or Severin, they put out really good quality stuff, just as good as Criterion does. And uh, mm-hmm. so it's not special anymore. There's like hundreds of movies more since, which is great. But Criterion was the trailblazer. But now, I don't know. I feel like they've kind of uh, been left behind a little bit they're in their tastes. But, I mean, that's why they're, they're doing the Pixar movies, apparently. I mean, I don't know if Wally has come out yet. I've never actually Apparently seen that director requested movie. entrance to the collection. Yeah. That's kind of lame. Yeah. You guys should put my movie in there. Okay, whatever. <laughs> then they went, I think they're sure still ignoring they... the guy. I, I think the guy who did the, uh, the, the Richard Four. Something for the guy who killed uh, Jesse James, that, that thing. Oh. Howard Richard Ford. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Robert Seth, Ford? Yeah, well, Deacon Seth shot Seth. it. I think the director was like, hey, Criterion, and they're like, nope. Mm. Oh. I don't know. I could be speaking erroneously. Evan Smith was the director of that movie. <laughs> from, on the, from Of the, the Smodcast? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was in between um, Clerks 2 and uh, <clears throat> the Walrus movie. So now I can say there's a <laughs> Kevin Smith movie I like. Okay, I'm going to look this up because I, I, that does sound vaguely familiar. I just want to make sure we get our details right. We don't want to spread misinformation. Oh, yeah. Right, RJ? I mean, this is a podcast that is not based in reality, so everything I say is not true. But at least I'm, if I say it, it's not illegal, right? Like if I say that I'm just making stuff up, that's that's legal. I wonder right? if it has something to do with like him talking about like there was like a four hour cut of the movie. I'll get out of here. <laughs> I don't know about see. I don't know about that. I don't know if I want that much. The movie, I know the fanboy physical media guru I follow is all in a tizzy of I guess criteria and put out these four Ks like Seven Seal where it's like exactly the same as the Blu-ray, just four K and. And no double dip potential there, so they're whining about that a little bit. Are they not even cleaning them up? Like, are they just using the stuff like the just the new print, exact same features? And I mean, half the people have Bergman said anyway, so they don't care. Well, Bergman's dead, so I don't think he gives a shit what when what what way his movie. He's not going to complain. He's not going to complain. Not not one bit, but. I don't know. We got yeah. bigger things to talk about, you know, like like the CGI Paul Walker back into real life for Fast X. Like, is nobody concerned about this? Did they really? You know? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, man. Yeah, when it was Grand Moff Tarkin, nobody cared. Everyone was like, yeah, we can't wait to see Grand Moff Tarkin again. Look what's happening now, man. Look what's happening now. Yeah, you watch the old Super Bowl? Yeah, RJ. I... Oh, we did, and uh, within 20 seconds, and this isn't a lie or an exaggeration, within 20 seconds, Andrew almost left, because we turned it on, and I mean, J Money Peterson, you're you're an American, so you might not feel the same way that we did, um, but we yeah. turned it on, and it was during the National Anthem, and it cut to the Phillies coach, and he was just bursting with tears, and uh, mm-hmm. my wife was like, what that. the fuck is going on here? <laughs> I was like, it's America, baby. So they're passionate about... Uh, um, american things and she's like she's like is this she's like what is this i was like i don't know man and then she stuck it out and she watched the whole game which was good because uh, it was a pretty he's good a pretty game. emotional dude so i think the moment caught yeah. up yeah it was just uh it was an awkward first like scene to impression watch as soon as the tv went on a man yeah, sobbing just, his eyes balls out yeah a grown dude just sobbing and she's like what is this and i was like i don't know baby it's sports it's football you just gotta go you just gotta roll with it but she stuck it out so that's cool and uh i thought it was a pretty decent game but i liked it my opinion yep i got a video of uh patrick mahomes mic today and you know he got like his ankle all twisted up and he could barely move half the game uh yeah it's kind of interesting to hear him struggle and kind of be a warrior through all that so you know let's have a chiefs one not a fan of philly do you ever think those guys? But um, Jared injuries? likes the birds. So, do they Jared fake injuries? Like yeah. Do you think dudes fake injuries so that like that like they get like sympathy and then like when they do win, there it's like yeah, I fought through the pain, man. Or do you think he was really injured? Well, it's all fake. I mean, I don't know if you. I mean, know that. in a sense, in a sense. I think they've gotten better at uh, staging things for uh, for ratings. Mm-hmm. If you look at those results, they've been getting real close and like real turnarounds, very dramatic, very, very cinematic. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know. I know Jarrett was just there for the movie previews. Man, he he couldn't he couldn't believe that Ant Man trailer. King, 
You guys see this? Kang is back. He's back in Kang form. It's pretty crazy. You saw him the first time? Uh, I don't know where he made his debut anymore. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. Loki show. show, right? Yeah. Yeah, he showed up yeah, in the finale of Loki. I don't watch that kind of stuff either. So, but it does look like mm -hmm. Peterson is drinking a sixty of hard liquor. Is what it looks like. Is that a sixty of liquor? That's a little Evan Williams. God damn, Peterson's hitting it hard, baby. It's Wednesday. You got to do what you got to do, right, Jarrett? Hump day, RJ. It's hump day. Hump day. I don't like when people yeah. say that because I feel like I could get accused of sexual assault if I said that to somebody, like the wrong person. It was like happy hump day, and they'd be like, "Excuse me," and yeah. then I'd be arrested. And they'd be yeah. right at HR at Pizza Hut. Yeah, they'd be at the HR, and they say that Baylog dude is talking, talking about, about humping people again. When he should be. Wasn't that kind of sparked out of that? Hump. Wasn't like Geico commercial where like there's a camel walking around an office and like, hey, guess what day it is? I think that's is that the origin of hump day. I mean, it could be, but did you guys know that camels were actually evolved for, um, uh, like, ice climates, not deserts? Did you guys know that? So, like, Canadian tundra. Jarrett knows all about this. You know about the tundra, Jarrett? <laughs> all I know is that when you, when you type in hump day from urbandictionary.com, uh, a term used exclusively by douchebags in reference to Wednesday, some douchebag named Garrett... Uh, yeah. so close. Good stuff. Good stuff. Garrett. Mm -hmm. I, I, I hate that word, Garrett. Yeah. Well, but yeah, uh, Wednesday's scout meeting night for me. And since I uh, lead the little uh, kindergartners and one year olds through art projects and chaos, uh, a little bit of the drinky drink to calm the nerves before we get into the adult talk. Oh, I get it. Yeah, you don't have to explain. I was just impressed. It's just like when Double A Lang was ripping darts in his house. It was, it's more envy than anything else. Yeah. Don't worry. You never have to explain alcoholism to me. Never. 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 Hey, I. So I was really like glued to the results for the Super Bowl because. Oh yeah. Yeah, because I just I just find out if the coin uh, was right. Did you did you take the Eagles, Jarrett? No. You. Yeah. No, the coin. You, the I, you only picked the coin. Yeah, ab absolutely. Or were you, were you, you, you're going with the coin toss. You can bet on that in Vegas, like what the coin toss is. Why well, like I, I, I flipped? I flipped my coin. Larry the Looney is, is his name, and yeah. uh, he's three and zero. He only picks winners. And uh, what year was this minted? I have no idea. You don't know? No, it's upstairs. Okay. I, I got. I actually, no one knows where it is. Yeah, that, that, oh. that, that dollar's a winner. You don't think uh, your significant other might take that? No. Like, like yearn for it? No. Do you know what you... Now, was the broadcast on, um, was on Fox up in Canada? No, CTV. Canada Television. Because uh, no. we had a commercial all about, like, yeah, Canada, and it was, like, talking about all these wonderful Canadian things. I doubt you guys got to see it, because... Uh, Different channel the in Canada. Five, we get the same five commercials over and over again. We don't get anything cool. For four hours. Oh. For four hours, yeah. Same five commercials over and over. The only thing we got that I think you guys got was we got the 15-second bumper of the new Indiana Jones, and that was it. Oh, mm. than that. 15 seconds? Yeah, we didn't get the full trailer. We just, Canada got the uh, the abbreviated version. 
So it popped up and then it was gone and I went, yeah. oh. What and that came up and Andrew went, they're still making these? And I went, yeah, I guess. Yeah. So good stuff. But yeah, we don't we don't get the cool commercials like you guys do. And I definitely didn't see any Canadian pride commercial. The Foo, uh, the Foo Fighters guy did it. And it was for uh, Crown Royal. Yeah, you uh, yeah, I'll send you the link. You got to check that out here at the break. Yeah, I'll check it out. But yeah, we definitely didn't get that. We don't get anything cool. All we get for commercials is our prime minister doing hot yoga and looking in the camera and saying, mm. watch, watch. And we go, okay. <laughs> you know? No. But freedom isn't free. So what are you going to do? You, uh, and was the romance red hot this year? Oh, sorry. Oh, I was going to get to our emails, but what's that about romance? Who's romance? Was the romance red hot this year for the Valentine's Day? Um, uh, Jerry, I, I, you go I, first. I, well, I got a. I I put out a call. Uh, well, not a call. I put an order in with a, a friend of mine who's a baker to make some uh, some fancy baked shaped things that look like hearts. Vol- what did they actually end up vo- looking like vol- Oh, they do. I'll, I'll they look like fleshy Cronenberg things, but they are uh, hearts. Okay. Let me see if I can uh, send this along here. This is, I, I this got is some tech. Okay, where did you send me this? I, I haven't sent it yet. Oh, okay. I, I got to figure out how I can put it uh, in foods and snacks. Well, the problem is it's on the wrong thing. Oh come on! I don't want to risk. Uh, I don't want to risk the connection. <laughs> me and my wife don't um do presents and stuff for uh, Valentine's, just as kind of a rule. But I I got her. We get each other cards, and uh, she got me a, a little notebook, and then I got her a bookmark. And uh, it's one of those holographic bookmarks, and it's a an alien on a BMX bike. And uh, I, I'm happy to report she loved it. She thought it was wicked. So kind of knocked that nice. one out of the park. Yeah. What about you, Peterson? Did you get uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I was gonna say, did you get in? Did you get after it? <laughs> no, not so not much. In a weird um, way. Not in a weird way. Did I? Yeah. Get into it. Um. So last her last birthday, like I, I I'm done with buying like eight dollar cards that I don't give a shit about. So now what I do is I go in that old PowerPoint and I make my own card. Yeah, hey, say exactly nice. what I mean. Throw in our own pictures and print that sucker up and share it on our Facebook page. Yeah, I got you. That and I gave her some uh, face cream that I didn't get her on from her Christmas list. So yeah, she was sick as a dog and very grumpy. So it didn't even matter. No, I mean that's fine. That's fine too. Sounds sweet, though. Jared just sent me what I can only assume is a box full of discarded ball sacks from a vasectomy or something. Mm-hmm. That's what it looks like. Were they good, Jared? Or they're voluvents. Yeah, sure. That's also <laughs> a, a thing I was going to say. Mm-hmm. Sure. So great success for everybody. Yep. All right. All right. Beautiful. All right. Do we have any emails? We do. Or do you have emails? Ooh, emails. Uh, we got Keegan Day with a ghost emoticon for his subject header. Okay. Hey, creeps. The other night I was feeling a little down at the thought of how far away Halloween is. So I decided to watch a horror movie. I wasn't expecting uh, a Rink to actually be scary, but there I was. I chose to do it in hardcore mode. Lights off, telephone down, zoned in. 
It probably would have been really boring otherwise, but I was tensed up from this thing. I hadn't felt that way in years. I went to bed right after, and I had a nightmare about it. The next morning, I woke up at 5 a.m., and it was still a bit dark. I'm usually fine sitting in the dark a bit in the morning, but this time, I needed the lights on. Has a spooky movie ever reduced you guys to this kind of patheticness? Uh, yeah, sure. When I was younger, I mean, I we we mentioned last week Skinmarink. That's a almost Creepsville. So that's kind of cool. Almost Creepsville. Just a, an experimental just a horror film. Yep. Yeah, it's same province. It's a, a mere car drive away. It's a five-hour car drive, but uh, a mere five-hour car drive away, and uh. It's available to us now, Jared. Did you know that? I have heard. Is it via the shutter? Via shutter, yeah. I'll watch it when you watch it, but we'll see. Oh, I see. Um, October it is. October it is. No, I mean, it's. it looks like it's actually good. I I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see it one day. Uh, I don't know. Sometimes movies make me tense like that. Which movies? I don't know. Some. Well, um, Hell House had some good stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. Hell House had really that that was actually that's a good one. The the last creep creeptober uh Hell House had some good stuff that I was like all oh. those basement shots cuz I think I've mentioned like my go- downstairs is like kind of like that. So uh <laughs> well especially the clowns. Well the clowns, yeah. But uh we we tore up uh the floor down there so it's kind of like a cement and it's kind of like that unfinished basement in Hell House and so, uh, and then, then the, the clowns, yeah. Hell House was a good one. That was the last one I, I think that, uh, yeah. I was actually like, ooh. You're going, no. Like, this is spooky. So that was good. That was good. What about you, JP? Um, the first instance I remember back when I first got started with like the Exorcist back when my dad showed me the, uh, made for TV version. I remember sitting in my, uh, that night and, you know, uh, images of that demon popping up and had to turn on some Disney movies. Call my fears. Um, strangely enough, when I saw Salem's Lot, uh, I, was, I was really freaked out about vampires for a moment. And then the last time, you know, I had to say it, um, when I watched Hereditary, I was kind of looking around me, making sure no one's following me in the dark or nothing on the ceiling, all goofy-like. So yeah, Hereditary just happened to get me. Ariaster got ya. Yep. That didn't happen with me for Hereditary because, as I've mentioned many times, the entire theater was laughing at the movie, so it was, it's kind of hard to get scared. Do you know what I mean? It's a comedy. Yeah, that's what they tell me. So they tell you. That's what they tell that me. That happened to me at Paranormal Activity 3. There's this, this big group of ladies that were just laughing hysterically as the kids were getting sucked into the closet by the demon. Yeah, that kind of ruined that. When you when you when you say big group of ladies, was it like a lot of ladies or was it a couple big ladies? That a had couple like big, big ladies. It almost looked like this kind of whole like cleaning crew that had you know were done for the day, and they were sitting down for a good nostalgic scare, and they 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 had themselves a good old time. Yeah, that's cool. I like that. I like that. Jarrett's on board with that too. I'm pretty sure. So you don't get scared, Jared, do you? Uh, you know what? Sometimes you see something out of the corner of your eye in a dark room. You go, what the fuck is that? And you go, I'm going to turn around and turn away. And hopefully this thing doesn't start coming at me. This thing, exactly that's, what the demons this, want. This thing that's definitely not there. And then you just <laughs> you go to bed and you're, you stop thinking about it. That's what you do. Hmm. You know? I, I do know the last Before. time Jarrett was playing Star Trek Ascension, he got pretty scared. Mm-hmm. So scared he had to end, end the game. The what now? 
Star Trek Ascension, rumor has it. Oh, because I'm scared. Yeah. I wanted to go be scared instead of playing that that unending L game. I see. It's like I event, it, was like just... a, it was like Event Horizon, though. Oh, yeah. It was like a medley of flesh and barbed wire. And, oh, okay. Like people running around with their faces off. Classic. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Classic like Rob Eagle. Oh, shit. Who writes in, hashtag me too. Hello, oh. creeps. I wish to register a complaint, exclamation oh. marks. Two complaints, in fact. Firstly, both in the emails and on the Discord, the fastest growing social media platform. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I've received a torrent of mwah mwah from Mr. Duncan. No fewer than three in a row last email. Plus on the Discord, a slew of womp womp gifts from Mr. Duncan also. <laughs> I'm beginning to feel underappreciated. It's comedy gold I'm sending you fuckers. <laughs> but worse than that, and speaking of the Discord, mm-hmm. I'm being sexually harassed by a certain antibodian with with question <laughs> with questions about what kind of guys I'm into. Well, Oliver Granger, I'll have to let you know. I remain sexually fluid. Although to be honest, my fluids do generally flow towards men. Mwah mwah if you dare jerk. No, there's no mwah mwah there. Come on. Rob yeah. it doesn't work that way. Yeah. Well guys, mm-hmm. that's your lot for this week. <laughs> Regards, R O Beagle. Look at that. Straight into the point. Well, I'm sorry that he feels that way. I, oh. I do have to mention, when the Discord started, I was being cyberbullied for weeks and weeks, so it, it happens. Eventually, people will forget and move on. No. That's all I can say. I mean, it's just, I don't know, don't, don't, don't be called Rob. That's the, don't that's be the, called Rob? That, that's the problem. What about Garrett? Oh, fuck Garrett. Oh, okay, that's even worse. All, all I have to say is, uh, you know, the only way to end bullying is you just ignore him. You don't bring attention to it, because boy, yeah. oh boy, it can get a whole lot worse. <laughs> also, don't ever say that something bothers you, Lots, because that's yeah. going to make the bullies worse. Yeah, that's that's what I mean. <laughs> don't, so don't, J- don't, don't. Yeah, do Jared's going to be womp womping for a lot, <laughs> lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of stuff. Well, oh. Until I don't find it funny anymore. But yeah, <laughs> what were these turrets you spoke of? What's that? What are these turrets you oh. spoke of? Uh, he meant like a torrent of like like a, a, a steady stream of things hitting him like womp womp after womp womp after womp. Gotcha. Womp. Yeah. Not not the like, il- not the illegal downloading of films. Yeah, like a yeah. uh, an actual torrent. Uh, a tor- a, tor- a torrent. A torrent. Not a tor- not a current like the berry, right, Jarrett? That's right. You and know about I, currents? I, I believe I've uh, received a a direct message in the last. 10 minutes or so from one Justin Peterson saying that oh he has an email. Oh dear. So, so I'll, I will hand it off to, to him to, to take it away and read his own email on the sure. air. Sure. Thanks. Jared and RJ. What's happening? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I was curious, uh, any extracurricular activities you guys did growing up? Um, I was a bang guy in high school, a little t-ball, and um, one year uh, the old 
Pop Warner football kind of stuff. Yeah, curious, uh, what are some of the extracurriculars you guys got into growing up? You kind of look like a disgruntled uh, goalie today, RJ. Any hockey in your past? Uh, no, I uh, I am a Canadian that doesn't play hockey. I could never really learn to skate, but uh, I was popular. So uh, I did a lot of cool popular kid things, you know, like hanging out with like popular kids and doing popular stuff. Bullying. And bullying other kids. Yeah, I mean, I, hey, I, I made amends with that. I made amends with that. And uh, if I ever encounter anyone I was mean to, I'll tell them. I'll say, hey, uh, sorry I was mean to you as a little kid. I'm, uh, I'm man enough to do that. Think about all the uh, little insults you created for a Stephen King novel. At least one. At least one. Yeah. But uh, maybe he had it coming. Anyways, uh, no, I, I played f- sports. Sports. Football. Rugby. Football sports uh and then you know just popular kids stuff like you know hanging out with other popular kids and making fun of kids who didn't do popular stuff i guess not making fun i wasn't a bully jared's a bully what do you mean by extracurricular in in terms of like it has to be like an organized thing or like what did you just do as a kid maybe like club or um yeah hobbies fine okay yeah because i mean in terms of like organizational stuff i never really did anything like too much I mean, I did swimming. I got, I got one of those, some of those badges. I can swim, wow. RJ. I, at least, wow. I think, I think I still could, or I mm-hmm. just sink, like a rock. Well, um, let's find out. I remember uh, being shanghaied into going to something called Pioneer Club as as a, as a young kid. Explain Cause, that. Because, well, I thought it was like, oh, it's like scouts or something like that. No, it's not. It's like it's like it's like Christian scouts. And uh, it sucks. Mm-hmm. Explain that. It's like, yeah, because the last thirty minutes or so, you start doing like Bible study, which you know, mm-hmm. not being raised at all with this, I was like, oh, it's that boring shit you see on TV. So boring. I've talked about this probably before, and the people were assholes. Um, which you know, were they or were you? They were assholes. They were jerks. Oh, okay. They were nice at all. I don't know, just assholes. <laughs> a lot to say about it. It's uh, probably, probably added to my uh, my general disdain for uh, for the church and for religion in general. Just general like, holiness. Yeah, just yeah, hypocritical. Kind of like oh, this accepting message. And it's like no, these kids are assholes, and their parents are assholes. The people running it are assholes. So fuck them. Wow. I learned a lot of lessons. A lot of lessons learned. Um, most of the fun stuff I did was like you know, ner- nerdy crap. Hanging out at a comic book store with other nerdy people, you know, mm-hmm. pretty well. What I get to do still as an adult, which I feel like uh, making out pretty good. Oh, yeah. so you can living the dream. These habits. Yeah, I get a, I get to run a, a Age of Sigmar tournament all day on Sunday for ten hours at least. I'll be. Is it... I am organizing it and running it. I will be officiating it and putting it all together. Is that the D and D? No, uh, it's like adjacent. So this is like a Warhammer. The little minifigs. People play with them in a game. And uh, I've got 16 people, 16 menfolk coming along, and they're going to be rolling dice and uh, trying to win, I guess. And uh, and then the next day I've got another thing that starts. It's going to run for like six, seven weeks with uh, 29 people in counting. It's almost as much as a NHL team. Almost. So you promote set events? This no, this is all. This is this is in person. This is uh, games take like three hours. It's in t- and that's just mm-hmm. like. Oh, but you do you like like go and promote? Hey, come to our 
comic book store to play Warhammer. Well, yeah, yeah, most of it happens all at the store because we got like tons of space. We have table space and stuff like that, so it's all going to be happening there. It's going to be fun. So that's what I, that's what I get cool. to do instead of watching movies. We don't do things like that, right, RJ? Just watch yep, my question Trek. of the week. Any thoughts on uh, Paul Dano? Or did we lose RJ? I think we might have lost RJ, but don't worry. He'll be back. There he is. Okay. Craig Bot. Well, I'm going to... Hey, yeah. don't, don't lay the blame on Craig Bot. This is Discord and RJ. This is Discord. Yeah. yeah. It happens. So, yeah. Anyways, so that Fiedelman's movies had me thinking about uh, Paul Dano, so I wanted to see um, what movies you prefer um, that little shit in. So, like the Dano? I mean, There Will Be Blood is pretty hard to beat for uh, top-tier Dano, but I think uh, Little Miss Sunshine might be some pretty good Dano. But also, the Batman has some good Dano. Swiss Army Man, RJ? Swiss Army Man, top-tier um... Dano. Top tier Dano. Honestly, I'm gonna I'm gonna say it. I don't know if I've seen a bad movie with Paul Dano. Well, that's, that seems like a dare. See, watch the Feeblemans then. Is the Feeblemans a bad not, movie? It's not a bad movie, but I, you know, it's I'll get there. Um, is it about Spielberg's life. It is his early life. Um, what I was actually trying to say, I kind of prefer the movie where where he's a little shit. Um. He's in 12 Years a Slave. He's really good as that uh, mm. kind of jerk. Um, you know, he sings a little song that's not so nice. And then There Will Be Blood. Although the first time I saw There Will Be Blood, I was really confused by how that was the same person. Uh, I think that's one of the minor flaws that film has. But um, yeah, we'll get into Feeblemans a little bit. But um, Jerry, did you give an answer? Not yet. Um I'll, I'll throw out a movie that I haven't seen for a very long time that was pretty good. It's not top tier. It's it's not the greatest of Paul Dano movies, maybe, but L I E with uh, Paul Dano and Brian Cox. Movie's uh pretty good. It's mm-hmm. it's pretty greasy. Uh, RJ would be a big fan. He likes greasy mm-hmm. cinema. And sure. um, I mean, come on, King of King of the Incels, <laughs> the Batman Riddler. Yeah, very good. Yeah. Very good. I also misspoke. There are some bad Paul Danos. Cowboys and Aliens ain't great. And uh, The Girl Next Door mm-hmm. is one of the absolute worst movies I think ever made. And I'm going to stand by that. And nobody agrees with me. A lot of people think it's not worth that time. But that movie sucks real, real bad. So that's just my opinion. Just my opinion. Anyways. Booty talk. So my youngest son, have you heard of the, the world's finest chocolate fundraiser? Is that a thing up in the, the north? No. No. Okay. So, yeah, they got a bunch of kindergartners all together and they're like, hand them a box of chocolate bars and they say, hey, you can sell these and get some awesome prizes. So, of course, you know, he shows up at home and says, Dad, sell these for me so I can be a seller. Um, it's not the best chocolate. And it's just curious to see if it was up in Canada. But what are some of your favorite yeah. sweeties to? Uh... Okay. Looking Sorry, I world, cut you off. World's best Favorite chocolate. What, is that what's um, World's finest I chocolate. Can't... It's this um, chocolate bar brand, and I'll go. Uh, let me go run and get one. Yeah, our our brand is different. Oh, I got it. Like... Yeah, there's something called World's Finest. Ca shop shop fundraising. World's finest chocolate. Uh, yeah. The label looks kind of familiar. They make it in Chicago, Illinois. You know about Chicago. 
I do. I do. We we do have the thing where kids got to go sell like chocolate almonds and chocolate bars and stuff. Yeah. I don't know what the brand is, but it's uh, it's kind of a weird fundraiser. Yeah. Uh, it's like... Yeah, I think we have the equivalent, just not the same brand. Ours ours is very similar to what JP is holding up right now. Yeah. Very very similar. Yeah. It's mostly I... just chocolate almonds. Yeah. This looks yeah. familiar though. There is so there is like a Canadian element to this. And it's like we fund communities by selling you blocks of chocolate. Ooh, Leah Secord products. My goodness. That's that's being in the pocket of power right there. You getting, getting Laura Secord? Is that good? I think so. You know what Laura Secord okay. chocolates are, RJ? No. Really? You don't remember when there was one in the mall? If there's I don't there might even be one in the mall still. Oh, is that like Purdy's, the ice cream store? Is that what it became? It might have become that. I think it's called Purdy's. Well, it was Laura Secord for a really long time. You don't remember this. I, I mean, I don't know what it was called. I probably ate, ate the chocolate, but I don't know what the place was called. Do you know what I mean? Interesting. I like the Milky Way. Well, I don't think we get Milky Way up here. I've I, had them. Yeah. I don't think we, we don't get them up here. For Milky Way, who makes Milky Ways? I think Mars does. Okay. It is Mars. Yeah, yeah it's basically a three musketeers with excellent caramel on top. Not my favorite. Yeah. Okay, that we know you know what? I have never had a Milky Way. I don't recognize I that package. I don't remember that. I don't recognize that packaging. And uh Three Musketeers is another bar that we don't get up here. I like I've had both of those, but they're they're not commonly sold in Canada. Three Musketeers. Butterfinger? Yeah, or, Butterfingers. Uh, yeah, Butterfingers okay. we get. Yeah, but oh, three man. musketeers. Are great. I don't think I could be wrong. I don't think. Check it out. What about Jersey? And when you're in the mood for some sugar, is you going for more uh, fruity candies, the gummies, the uh, the chocolates? What 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 fits that hankering for some sweets? I mean, it, it depends on the day. Sometimes I want chocolate. Sometimes I want candy. Candy. I'm a I'm a big I don't know. All candy's good, but some Sour Patch Kids, some Skittles. Fuck, any, anything is good. Well, Chocolates. What about Sour Skittles? Sour Skittles, also good. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It depends. I go back and forth. Sometimes I want chocolate. Sometimes I want um, I want candy. Chocolate, I'm a big fan of uh, chocolate almonds. Or you just get a plain chocolate bar and you smear some peanut butter on that bad boy. Holy shit, that would change Ooh. your life. Yeah. Yeah, we do not get Milky Ways in Canada. And I do not believe we get Three Musketeers either. So, just Right, something all new for Valentine's Day. We had a Nutella bars, which is like this cookie coating and then Nutella in the middle. Yep. Not bad. Oh, yeah. We do get those. We get those. But we also have Cadbury chocolates that you guys don't get, like Coffee Crisp. Like, that's the best shit in the world. I know Jarrett puts down a Coffee Crisp once in a while. I this is just during Easter time or all year? All year, baby. All year. We definitely had Three Musketeers before. They're in Canada. Are they? Can you still get them, though? Because I just went to like our big grocery store, Save On. I, I, you were I searched Three Musketeers and Milky Way, and there was no... Not, neither thing popped up. I don't know. That's strange, because I, I, have, I have eaten these, and I, I wasn't in anywhere else. But the, I mean, the, we, the great I country. think we had yeah. them. Yeah, maybe they've stopped. They're stopping all kinds of uh, food. 
<laughs> like frozen foods and stuff like that. I think I've seen recently. Um, and like, what was it? The bugles? You can't get those anymore. Bugles? Yeah, bugles went under. Hey, you know what the real shame is? Uh, Dad's goodie rings. They yeah. Can't, they don't make those anymore. Those are fucking good. I don't know if uh, they have those in the States, but Dad's goodie rings are real good. I haven't heard of that. I recognize the packaging. Sure. That was definitely a Canadian. All right. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Excellent. So to round things out, I have an edition of the Common Ratings game we can play live. You ready? Absolutely. All right. So I named three movies, and you say what our friend of the show, um, what rating they gave him. So first up is Sam Loveland. So what did he think of each of the killer? Thief and Step Brothers. Three stars. Huh. Okay. RJ locked in with three stars. Okay. Hmm. Those are very different movies, so. Jiva Killer is the one that throws me off and Step Brothers. My goodness. I find that uh sometimes Sam, I don't know. I don't know where this guy's coming from. I'm gonna I'm gonna go two and a half. You nailed it. Two and a half stars. Oh, well. All right. I, I see him. I can see into your heart, Sam. Not, not far off, RJ. Sugarhead. Also, Thief, Locke, and The Last Jedi. Three and a half. Uh, I was actually going to go three and a half. Yeah, sure you were. Uh, sure. What? No, that's what came to mind. You said it. Went, sure wow. you were. So, what, what is it? Not far off, four. Okay. All right, RJ. I was surprised about this one. Uh, Roar, uh, Robbins yeah. and Jack, and yeah. the man would be king. I know uh, what I rated those movies, but yeah. What about Jared? Uh, hmm. I know. I know. RJ like Roar. Problematic stuff going on here. It's you just, you just, just, just despite well, problematicness, because it's the cats are in the right. Uh, I would. I mean. I wouldn't say four and a half stars is like out of the range of possibility, but pretty close. Five act. stars. Those are all time yeah. bangers in RJ's book. Yep. So like, here's the thing with Roar. I, I know it's like not ideal, but like the big thing about Roar is it's a bunch of big lions and cats and stuff. And they're just hanging out and they're fucking dudes up, which I, which I'm really on board with how those lions were treated outside of that. I hope. Well, I hope well, but I liked that the lines were just running around eating people. That was cool. Yeah. That's good stuff. Sometimes that's all you need. Yeah, sometimes that's all you need. Oliver Granger. <clears throat> Who framed Roger Rabbit? The theory of everything and Goodfellas. Four. Sure, four. Three and a half. Wow, see, it's the, it's the elusive half star that throws me off because mm -hmm. Oliver Granger doesn't really do that. So. Three and a half yeah, you kinda fellas, see... huh? Mm-hmm. Question questionable. Mm-hmm. All right, I got a good one. I got Rob Eagle. Uh oh. Cruisin', Jason and the Argonauts, and the Scarlet Claw. Uh this is a Basil Rathbone Sherlock Holmes 1944. Five stars. Sure. Jared? Are we are we sure this is Rob Beagle? Yeah, I reached out to him on the Discord, and he was happy uh, to participate. 
I, I, I kind of, I didn't real, I kind of either forgot that he was actually on Letterboxd, or he never uses it very much. So. I don't think he uses it. He's, it was too much work to, uh, to get started. So, um, but he said four or five. He's, he's too busy with that <laughs> goblin meat. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, five stars because it should be yeah. only five stars. All right. This uh, this one's mine. This is the Strangers, Mandy, and Equinox. Two. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to say two and a half. Okay. Nailed it. Two, two stars. There you are, Jay. Jarrett. <clears throat> oh, yeah. What were you saying, Art? I was going to say, before we continue, I looked up my review of Roar, and it said, and I put in the opening credits, they are upfront about how the animals were treated and not harmed. And uh, I, I also said that the lions get their own credits, and the movie seemed like it was made for genuine care for the animals. So problematic as it may be, at the time I watched it, it seemed like they were actually taking care of these guys. So, all right. Okay, m- marching on. Jarrett, we have a Fast Five, Terminator so Salvation, and What Dreams May Come. One star. <laughs> yep, nailed it. One of my favorite movies. You didn't, you didn't like that, uh, that Purgatory show, huh? No. Nope. That's what that's about. <laughs> I, I was really bummed out because uh, I really like the author, um, Richard Matheson. That's why I watched it. And then I watched You're it. talking about Fast Five? Yeah. And uh, yep. with Robin Williams. Uh-huh. Toretto. Yeah, that's all I got. Uh, instant message me on the Discord if you want to be included in time. Or you could even tell me what movies I should pick for you. That's it from J Money Peterson. Back to you, J Dog. Well, that's it for the emails. Thank you all, one and all. Uh, yeah, I don't know. What do we do on this podcast next? Oh yeah, hey RJ, what you been? Yeah. What you been creeping on for the last two weeks? I've I've been seeing oh. some teases on uh, Discord that look okay. very promising. I see some. Venom, Venom. I see some the lizard, lizard. Uh, I, I might, I might save it for next week because uh, I'm almost done that them Spider-Man PS5 games. I'll be done by next week. Okay. So maybe I'll, I'll talk about it then. But I'm, I, yeah, I have been watching '90s animated Spider-Man, and I gotta say, that shit is fucking legit. Like, uh, I'll talk about my love for that. But like, I had all of those toys growing up. Like, I loved that thing, and I'm watching it now as a old man. And I'm like, this thing, the show's still good. Like it, it's exactly what it, it needs to be. So I, I'm really into that. I'm watching Star Trek, uh, and so that's why I'm watching Spider Man: The Animated Series. Is all I'll say about that. Um, still playing. How far Spider-Man. along are you? I'm, I watched that show I'm too. Almost... Which one? Spider Man: Animated Series. I started watching uh, that on D Plus. Season... Yeah, I'm one season down, and each season's like 13 episodes or something. So. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, what shocks me down. is um, I apparently only saw season one because there's all kinds of goodness in season two and beyond that mm-hmm. I had never even seen. Like there's like the season premiere of two is like the Sinister Six. I was like, holy, shit, this is great. So um, little carnage. And, um, yeah, there's a lot of stuff in that show I never got to. So shame on me and that doggone syndication. When does Morbius show up? Season three, maybe. That's or far. Okay. Two? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, there's a big like, opening on season two with um, Morbius. Yeah. I, like, I remember vampire. all those ones, like, 
there is stuff that comes later that like you're surprised at how late it is and like or you're surprised at how many of the first season are the ones that you like you remember but they hit all the heavy hitter villains and then those are the ones that were like constantly reshown and those are the ones that were always packaged together on vhs too like mm-hmm. here's the three venom episodes on vhs so like i remember i'd go to like my cousin's house and he'd have just that on vhs and we would just watch that shit over and over again so that first season hit, does hit a lot of stuff more than you would think and i just got to part where uh goblin just happens to i send a mg into a portal or whatever so leaving peter on the frisk stuff man i'll talk about this uh next week maybe but uh, i'm really bummed out now because i had i literally i had all of the toys i had like a daily bugle i had the um the hobgoblin big glider like i had all that shit and uh a lot of it got stolen from me which i'm really bummed out about like i had um i had a lot of the figures like i had punisher and like fucking everyone i had a morbius i had uh I had all of the villains, and then uh, I remember I was really naive one time, and I uh, I took him to school because uh, we had to do like a diorama, and I left it there um, like for the day, and then a different class came in, and a bunch of like older boys stole a bunch of it, and it fucking it breaks my heart because I was a naive little kid who was trying to share his love of toys with the world, and people stole all that shit, and I only have two left. I have Ma- uh, Man Spider. And then I have J. Jonah Jameson, which is actually a really cool one to still have because he's really buff. It's super funny. I I like that one quite a bit, too. But uh, anyways, I don't know. That show that show's wicked. And uh, the toys were the absolute fucking best. And uh, it makes me sad now that uh, so many of those precious memories were stolen from me, Jared. Well, you're from still you, you still have the memories of the. Well, of, I have the of... memories, but I I wish I still had the toys. Do you know how cool it'd be to have that huge fucking the hobgoblin glider, the one where he clicks the little glider into the big one? I had that oh, thing. That thing was yeah. fucking awesome. I had that. Like, it was so yeah, so cool. And I had the Daily Bugle, where it was like the huge diorama set. That thing was fucking wicked cool too. Did you have the so, spider there with the scorpion and the the two spiders that stuck? on top of it or whatever i did the tarantula on black yeah i was a real spoiled little shit and i uh i had all that stuff which was super cool um spoiled little shit i was i was the youngest of four i was a baby they they tried to everyone was mean to all the older siblings were mean to me so they bought me a lot of toys uh anyways i i watched some movies nothing that i really want to talk about too much i watched that banshees of inner sheeran which i know is getting lots of buzz Jarrett, do you like metaphors? Nope. Okay, here's the thing. This movie's pretty good. Like, uh, this guy does make slick movies, I think. And the acting is really good and all that stuff. Like, it is a pretty well done movie. Um, It's all about, like, uh, it's about, like, IRA, Irish Civil War stuff, Jarrett. And you ever heard that thing where it's like, you cut your nose off to spite your face? Bella. Yeah, it's it's one of those kind of things where it's... um. It's a metaphor for Civil War, but there's some kind of, like, ridiculous stuff in this, too. Like, so, I don't think it's a spoiler, but this guy's, like, and this dude cuts his finger off at one point. But then he's just kind of, like, walking around, and he doesn't even put a bandage on it, and he just has it open for, like, three days. And I was like, I was like, what are you doing? Stuff like that kind of threw me off. I was like, what? <laughs> so, I thought that was kind of silly. There's a there's a donkey in this, which well, is a really sweet donkey. I was going to say, there's a, I see there's a donkey in the the yeah the banner on this guess what happens page. oh no 
Guess what happens, Jarrett? Uh, the donkey runs free, and then we just watch the movie about the donkeys and leave the the, the shitty Irish people at their own devices. Well, I hope, yeah, you you keep that in your heart, and uh, you don't watch this movie, okay? Okay. Um, but I mean, it's like I said, it's it's a well-made movie. This guy's pretty slick, but uh, I don't know. There was some stuff in it. I was just kind of like, eh. yeah, whatever, whatever. Um, I see. There's a dog in the. So poster. is it, so is a sad bastard film. Sad bastard film? Yeah, kind of. I I would. I don't know. This movie's more like. Uh, it's kind of a sad bastard movie, but it is like. After I watched it, I was like, it's just kind of a metaphor, metaphor movie. Whoa! Like I don't know if that, that sounds really pretentious, but like, I was like, it's just talking about civil war, but it's like a literal interpretation of a civil war and between two dudes and i was like okay oh it's how i I, that's how i read the movie i thought well because the backdrop's like ireland at civil war right and it's these two dudes or one dude jared i know you're never gonna watch this but the one morning the dude wakes up he's like i don't want to be friends anymore he's like and if you try to be friends with me i'm gonna hurt myself and i was like well is this talking about ireland as a whole like that one day half of Ireland doesn't want to be part of the other half and they're actively hurting themselves as a point to prove that they don't want to be like that they don't get along. I don't know. Maybe I'm misreading that. I've been told I don't understand metaphors several times, but that was my reading of this movie. But anyways, I, I mean, I thought it was fine. I watched that down with another Irish movie. I watched Celtic Pride. Have you either of you two guys seen Celtic Pride? Nope. I know. No. Daniel Stern's in that. Daniel Stern, Dan Aykroyd, and Damon Wayans. Uh, this was a frequent rental for me. I rented uh, me and my brother rented this VHS all the time. Uh, Dan Aykroyd is a plumber uh, in Boston. And Daniel Stern is a middle school PE teacher who smokes in the coaches room. And they are big Celtic fans. And the Utah Jazz comes in for the playoffs with Damon Waynes. And he's kind of a big personality and nobody likes him. And so uh, Daniel Stern and Dan Aykroyd kidnap him so he can't play in game seven so that the Celtics will win. It's pretty good stuff, you guys. It's pretty good stuff. I I really like this movie. I'm really nostalgic for it. I've seen it a, a lot of times. I don't know how... If you just watched it, never seen it before, and you watch it today, I don't know how much you would get out of it. I don't think there's anything weird or like super dated in it, but it's a it's a '90s movie. It's like 80 minutes long. It's what you it's what you want it to be, you know. You know, I watched an Amazon Prime movie called The Estate. Mm-hmm. It was fine. David Duchovny was really good in it. He was kind of a, a sexual predator, um, but he. he well, was what, good. what did he play in the movie though? Uh yeah he play, uh, he had a must he had like a goatee in the movie oh cool it's what it was what he was playing yeah I think there's a good use for him so he was cool in this and then uh um I watched the Ringer have either of you two guys seen the Ringer with Johnny Knoxville I never got around to it no do you 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 know what it is though right I am aware <laughs> do you Jay Money no you, tell you me in. The Ringer is about Johnny Knoxville, and he's a really warm-hearted guy, and his friend gets in a tight spot that he put him in, and his friend needs a surgery, but it's really expensive. So Johnny Knoxville's uncle, Brian Cox, says, hey, guess what? I think we can get the money. I've been watching the Special Olympics. These guys aren't very good at, 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 like, at sports. I think you could beat them. Why don't you join the Special Olympics? 
and we'll pretend that you need to be there, and then we'll bet on it, and then you can beat all these guys. So the story is old as time. Story is old as time, man. Man, mm. they don't make them like they used to. You know, this movie is eighteen years old, or seventeen years old. Uh, eighteen, eighteen years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, this movie doesn't get made today. But uh, here's the thing: Does this movie have some problematic stuff? Yes, but this movie also do- did kind of i think help with exposure to people with like special needs and disabilities uh it did cast a lot of these people in like uh like a lot of people who have like uh disabilities it cast them in the role so it gave them jobs which is cool um i think it did some good stuff there there's some other stuff that's maybe not so good um some stuff that you watch now and you go "Uh oh (laughs) like that's maybe not good but uh i do think that it, it was trying to say the right thing do you know what i mean mm-hmm. maybe i don't know so uh that's, that's it yeah they had good intentions I, I believe i believe but uh i don't know i could see people being really really mad at this movie right now and it's like and i get it i do but uh um biggest thing is a lot of uh i think it did probably help with exposure for like special olympics and for people who had like I don't know anyone any of these people who were cast that actually are like uh uh like special needs or something and they were there making a movie that's pretty cool so i don't know they had a job for a while which is better than not having a job i think i don't know anyways that's all i watched what about you boys what about you jared well i just want to how was uh mark Marin from bleak to dark you're the only person i know who's logged it it's only been available for like two days or something. Yeah. We watched it two days ago and uh, uh, I saw it. it's an hour and five long comedy special. I saw definitely 40 minutes of it. Okay. I fell asleep at one point. Uh, not because uh, Netflix? it was not in uh, HBO, HBO. It's um not, not that it wasn't good, but uh, it was at the end of the day and I definitely fell asleep watching it. I, I like Mark Marin, like, um, there's nothing new in here like uh, that he hasn't really kind of said before if that makes sense like if you've seen mark Merritt's tv show or listen to any of his stand-ups kind of the same stuff but like a lot of comedians do that too right so it was decent but uh i definitely fell asleep for at least 20 minutes (laughs) so you take that as however you Um, want you know that's it that's it huh yep what about you, JP? Well, it actually turned out to where... Um, so I had a pretty good lot of movies for last week, and, and um, that's pretty much what I have here, because I went on a road trip over the weekend, so I barely got to watch anything since. So, um, start off with my favorite movie of the year um, that's nominated for an Oscar, a Tar. I'm convinced if RJ watched this, he might have some respect for what conductors do. Um... This was easily, yeah, my favorite movie of the year. Um, Kate blamed it with that tour de force uh, performance. Uh, what were you going to say, RJ? Oh, I just said no. Nothing will get me to respect them. But anyways, continue. What about Kate Keep that Blanchett? Time. I do like Kate Blanchett, <laughs> but I'll just imagine she's acting, doing something, and not an actual conductor. I brought up the whole uh, separating the art from the artist conversation many time on the show i think with a not too much reaction but um this movie hits down that in a pretty 
interesting way and it flip its flips it on its head to make you kind of question what you think are you stand on it um, a lot of conversations explaining like you know what she, what she's about her interest in music and stuff so it's kind of fun being a fly on the wall for all that musical banter kind of reminded me of you know whiplash or Amadeus, you know i'm, I'm band guy so enjoy all that kind of stuff um things a little muddled with the possible surreal elements creeping in but still really liked it uh well, let's see it went over uh, i guess the frontrunners everything everywhere all at once i'm not sure why but um yeah so kind of rooting against that um it's all a lot of stranger things how far into stranger things did you watch Whoa, whoa, whoa. I, I just saw this. This has nothing to do with what you just asked, but when you go to Tar okay. on Letterboxd, let, Letterboxd mm-hmm. turns to Letterboxd. Really? Really? Yeah. I just clicked on it and went, what? I haven't. There's, there's, there's the little, I, I don't know, it's on, um, it's on umlaut with a little hyphen over the A. Letterboxd. Get it? It's on the desktop anyway. I'm not sure if it shows up on yeah, mo- it does. mobile, but... uh. Interesting. See, isn't that cute? Letterbox, like the little eyeball with uh, everything everywhere. You know, it's. Uh... Mm. They, they go a little different. Or if you uh... they go a little further. Ah, Letterbox. <laughs> I didn't see it the first time. That's great. Um, I know if you log um, what portrait of lady on fire instead of getting it stars, you get it the flames. Really. Mm-hmm. Oh, I've been missing out. It's on watching, fire. Watching unpopular movies only, like that. Those in the Criterion Collection. Until we get there. Yeah. So you be watching any uh, Oscar nominees, or just holding out for that winner and then force watch it? Oh, I'm I'm holding out, man. I haven't even watched last year's yet, and because uh, my my boycott's going strong. I'm not getting Apple TV. No. Oh. They got, they, they're gonna have to come to me. It's gotta, it's gotta come out on like Tubi. Then we're talking. That's the best way to watch movies now, according to me, is Tubi. Because that's I saw that uh, ad uh, on Super Bowl. I saw that. Oh, they're sitting on uh, Greg Olson, and it went over to the Tubi screen all of a sudden. Yep. It got it got them. Apparently, it got people. They were like, "What? What? what? I've been hacked." Kind of like, just like Justin Peterson, who I'm seeing. Like obviously there's an issue with his account because I'm looking and I'm like, what is this? Half a star rating for Actium Maximus? What? We'll get there. What? I mean, you should change all your passwords, Justin. I'm concerned. I think you might have been hacked. Huge. Speaking of Greg Olson, I also had a chance to meet that guy and get a selfie with him. Uh, so this is the the he's a former Hurricane football player, played for Carolina Panthers in Chicago. And so now that Troy Buck and um, Troy Aikman have been upgraded to that big Monday Night Football, Greg Olson's um, heading up the, the Fox broadcast, and he got to the Super Bowl. And yeah, he stood in front of me at a bird joint, and I kind of said hi to him, but I didn't recognize him until I saw this little kid walking out with his jersey. I was like, ah, that's who that guy was. So that's my Greg Olson story. Exciting. Um, so Stranger Things, how much of that did you watch? The first five episodes of season one. Okay. Yeah, Jared's only seen a bit. I've seen it all. I've seen all of it. Okay. Uh, yeah, my, my kiddo's obsessed. Um, 
I kind of like it slash like I hate watch it like because I don't yeah, I agree. think it's nearly as good as what people say, but I mean, it has some heart to it. Um, my question is this: this this Vecna character. So is that like a real D and D thing? This yep. this Vecna guy? It is. I okay. I don't know if it's uh at all resembling what's happening in Stranger Things, but Vecna is indeed a uh, copyright of uh, Hasbro, Wizards of the Coast. He's a He's a bad dude. There's like a hand of Vecna, an eye of Vecna, a cookbook mm-hmm. of Vecna, a bike of Vecna, a keyboard of Vecna. But go on. Mm-hmm. Any uh, thoughts, um, RJ? Whenever we're we're watching Hopper run around uh, Soviet Russia with you no know, socks on and uh, you know still great complexion, you know, living up there in Siberia with the the gulag. Yeah, there were a few things like that, you know, where this guy's living in a. Uh like a prison for months at a time but man his teeth are still looking good you know what i mean so uh there were a few things like that uh that you're like you you have to kind of look past mm-hmm. a little bit yeah i take i guess my kid down a notch a little bit with pointing some of those out just i don't know yeah. dad being an asshole about their favorite show i guess we, we shouldn't be looking at actors teeth in movies i think that's a that's a dark road Exactly the... where we should be looking. Girl. No. If not the teeth, where? But where? In the eyes. The eyes of the man. The teeth or the eyes of the face, some have said. Or the eyes of the mouth. I mean, that's the thing when you watch uh, period pieces like you know, from the 1940s and all these actors, mm. they wind up upside down. All you see is fillings in the back of their mouth. You go, whoa, whoa, whoa. What are we doing? Good stuff. Yeah. I think. I know how much you guys like musicals, so I'll tell you a little bit about this. Lyle, Lyle. Crocodile. <clears throat> so uh, living in South Carolina, I'm very aware of alligators. We have those here, and I know the difference between an alligator and crocodile. It has to do with their nose. The, the crocodiles have a real skinny nose. Alligators have a big old fat nose. And I think that's an alligator in that movie, and you're not going to convince me otherwise. That reptile was certainly an alligator, but that just doesn't ring with the title, does it now? Which, fun fact, uh, my grandfather's name was Lyle, and my son's middle name's Lyle. So, lots of connections here. Um, mostly forgettable. Uh, awkward moments where Lyle, because this is a, an alligator, a crocodile that can only, his only way of communication is through song. But he also has stage fright, so he has to have the right conditions to express himself musically as he's, you know, surrounded by cops on a few occasions. Um, you know, it's a cute enough movie. Let's see here, what else do I got? Um... Oh, wow. Uh, mm-hmm. Series of books, but another connection. I'm pretty sure the voice of Lyle is a Canadian mm-hmm. singer. So, just, just so you know, a little Canada in there, too. Just a little. Okay. Javier Bardem's in this as this quirky showman. So, that was that was pretty festive. But um, yeah, this is on the Netflix now if you want to get down to some CGI crocodile tunes. How does it compare to Josh Gordon and Will Speck's other film, Blades of Glory? I enjoyed Blades of Glory quite a bit whenever I saw that and uh, was watching those crotch-to-crotch uh, moves on the ice back in the theater with my wife long ago. So, and of Blades of Glory. Mm-hmm. There you go. Mm-hmm. All right, so do you guys know what Sophie's Choice and Ghostbusters 2 have in common? No, what do they have in common? Well, they have this guy, Peter McNichol. And he is the un- unlikely hero in Creep's recommendation, Dragon Slayer. 
<clears throat> uh, don't have a lot to say about this one, fellas. Sorry. Uh, pretty typical fantasy adventure flick with a, you know, unlikely hero. And but dragon fucks look really cool. So that's something. Remember Dragon Slayer? I do. RJ's never seen sure. Dragon Slayer. I don't sure. think. Poster's pretty hip. Poster's awesome. See what what I remember about this movie was just like how like I don't know futile it is because I don't, I wouldn't say it's like a typical fantasy movie because I think it's kind of taking the taking the piss out of the the tropes because it's like mm. they're very unlikely and everyone's like it's all it's very miserable and it seems like oh they keep sending people to try to kill the dragon and the dragon just completely just messes people up and even the hero it's like it seems like they barely managed to actually kill the dragon which actually is far more realistic on like how this like sort of fight would go down which is what i remember okay. uh, and it's just like the feeling of it it's like a, the best of like a terry gilliam fantasy where it's like there's like jabberwock um and like the Python stuff, it feels like that kind of lived in uh, medieval rather than kind of like a stylized one that you would get now. Like if you watch like, I don't know, a modern fantasy film, it's pretty idyllic. Dragon Slayer feels very much Kingdom like of Heaven or something from like Ridley Scott muddy. where it's all glossy. Yeah, yeah, even that, right? Because I mean, this is like about this almost the same year, like Legend and uh, Dragon Slayer, within like a couple of years anyway. Okay. And it's very dreamy and very like um, uh, melodic. And Dragon Slayer just feels like no, this is the piss and shit version of a of a fantasy story, which is what I remember. It's been uh, when did I watch this movie last? Twenty yeah, seventeen, June twenty seventeen. Look at that. But that's what I remember. Not long ago at all. Okay. Well, do you definitely need to get more into some of these sword and sorcery movies a little bit? I think Beastmaster's coming up. Yeah, I'm gonna start knocking off some of these Bruce oh, picks. Man. But then I went with Akia Maximus finally. I, I, I paid to watch this, fellas. What? I no, rented this on, on Amazon Prime. Why did you pay? I couldn't find it on YouTube. Oh my god. I spent four dollars on this thing. Oh, no, um no. that makes it far uh I mean that that kills that kills a little yeah. bit of the fun. I think part of it is the fact that this should cause no dollars to buy. Oh fuck, is it not on there? Yeah. It used, oh, to, be. It used to be. Yeah. <laughs> that was I kinda liked it. how RJ sent this movie up where he like watched it in like this fever dream of some illness and uh was amazed by this. Uh, so um yeah, this is I mean what what's the other trauma film I watched? I mean, um, obviously, uh, Toxic Avengers, you know, good stuff. Um, yeah, butt yeah. crack is butt crack, but no, Actinus Maximus is is kind of like drippy ash. I don't know. Um, sure. So nonsensical with like these like it's supposed to be about alien dinosaurs, and it's just kind of like this blob that goes. Ah, ah, ah. You don't know what the hell's going on. We got over to these people in leather on some planet walking around um yeah there's not much to say about this other than like i the synopsis is far more interesting watching the movie because i mean it kind of sounds like a story there but it doesn't translate um and it even is to be continued and i'm glad it doesn't because it just kind of ends with me not knowing what the hell i just watched other than a terrible trauma movie so i think Thoughts? mark Hick, mark kicks set out to make the film that he made and I think, I mean, the to be continued, uh, I mean, it's unnecessary. Maybe he thought about it afterwards and went, no, I did everything I needed. I, I said everything possible. And I don't know. I feel like. Uh, what did you say? <laughs> Actium Maximus is, uh, I think, ahead of its time in some ways. I, I find uh, a lot of videos in people's tastes seem to 
run toward this in certain pockets of Letterboxd. And there's some YouTube videos where it's like slime time stuff. And this aesthetic, it's kind of everywhere. Now, the chore of it all is this is 78 minutes long. And yeah. I, I think we figured out we don't need to make we don't need to make things 78 minutes long for people to watch it. We have YouTube. We could do the same thing in two, three minutes, make it succinct to the point, and uh, you'd probably get uh, more views. Uh, having to sit down, unknowing, unsuspecting on what Actium Maximus, War of the Alien Dinosaurs is going to be all about. Mm-hmm. I, I sympathize, Justin. I understand. Uh, I think you have a uh, legitimate complaint with this film. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think it's for everybody, that's for sure. Uh, and it's also a fairly unusual film for Troma. Mm-hmm. I think it's like pretty unlike the, the entirety of Troma in a lot of ways. It is unlike anything else, though. I, I, that's the other thing I would give it uh, points for, is it's like, there's not much Fair. like this. <laughs> yeah. You see, my thing is, I think you... You, you, I think you maybe did it wrong. I think you were supposed to take like 10 Benadryl and then watch this movie just to fully uh, immerse yourself in the experience. Which, I mean, I'm, I don't condone illicit drug use. And you, you guys are not about watching shows under the influence. I, I should have been prepared for this. Oh, I think should have uh, all my medications listed, how much alcohol I should consume, yeah. and proceed. I, I think I did mention like a. I was on like an actual prescription medicine that made me like have fever dreams and like I was like very lucid and I was like, Ugh. and then like that was before I watched it and then I watched it. I was like, man, this is how I felt on that weird medication I was taking for like a, a month or something like that. So uh, that that's what it was for me more than anything. I was like, nothing has really captured that experience of this medication that like made me feel out of my head. Like this movie, which just has like floating orbs going. And I was like, yeah. I'm into like things where it's just things like, and you're like, I like this. I, I, I don't know. I, I kind of dug the on screen text. It kind of looked like an old like Commodore computer text, like all the time you show up. It's like, that's kind of it, it, yep, and, and nice and it style have, there. Yeah, it might have been. It might have been. All good things. All no. good things. Well, I'm I'm too bad it didn't work for you, but uh, as Jared said, I Actia Maximus is not. This is this everybody. well, this movie is best viewed at uh, free, as opposed to yes. any awesome. amount of money. Uh, that's yeah. how this should only exist. Is like, oh, I'm just gonna yeah. pop this on, and uh, I don't know, do other things as well, because there's not enough there to. I mean, how many times were you looking at your phone watching this, Justin? Mm, I think I did have the uh, the progress bar up quite. Quite a bit. I think uh, I watched it in two sessions. Okay, that's not so. too bad. That's like actually how I would describe most Criterion films at this point. <laughs> hey, speaking of which, I don't know if we've ever mm-hmm. mentioned, but did you guys know that the Criterion channel has added a speed dial so that you can watch movies at an increased speed? Oh, saw that today. Holy shit. Because I was thinking about watching uh, La Hen 10 years later, and I was like, oh, can I watch this? Fed up? Oh, I can. Oh, it's in French. Never mind. Well, I gotta say, I did it um a while ago. Like, I I I forgot to bring it up. I did it a couple weeks ago for I can't remember what movie, but I was like, I can't. I saw that it was there, and I was like, I'm watching this at one and a half. I don't give a fuck. Uh, and then I forgot I did that. And then for the last like three weeks, I've been watching the Criterion movie at sped up speed, and I've been like, yeah. I was like, these movies are flying by. And I, I, I completely forgot, which uh, I'm just surprised they have that feature at all. Like, they're supposed I, to be this I prestige. am, too. 
format is like I've done that on my DLC player before. Criterion's whole thing is just like we gotta preserve this film. <laughs> no it's kidding. Like, but you can watch it at two times speed if you want. That's fine. It's like we understand. <laughs> There's some shit was, here that's uh, worthy. If it was David Lynch's uh control, that would definitely not be there, but there wouldn't even be a progress bar. Yeah. You, you just no, hit stop, just and if and if you and you pause. and you can't stop it once it goes, yeah. it's like, fuck you. <laughs> it's like, oh, I'll shut on your goddamn phone. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely not. In fact, it's like no, no streaming. You just sit yeah. in the dark room and watch nothing. That's better. You have to go to the theater or something. I don't know. Anyway, tell me about the Fablemans, Justin. Yeah. So, um, this is Spielberg's film this year about him as a inspiring filmmaker it's about two and a half hours long which is i thought too long um paul dan was finding it but him and michelle williams being this struggling asian couple i don't know i just wasn't getting into that part um kind of neat to see like the movie aspects and there's a part where a little spielberg goes to see um the greatest show on earth and he's like oh the train crashed pretty cool so he's gonna recreate that and he makes a western and figures out how to make like muzzle flashes by like punching holes in the film so all that kind of film stuff's cool um i don't know the, the family drama i just thought was kind of kind of drug out i mean it's his story but at the same time if it's kind of crafted in this oscar bait kind of movie it's i don't know for what um dips big time into the whole anti-sanitism thing towards the end to get some conflict in the um, third act pretty there's some interesting relationships that come up between like his mother, because his mom falls in love with Seth Rogen. Uh, that's a thing. And then um, there's this bully like that treats him terribly, but he like films and makes looks wonderful. So there's some kind of complexity to those relationships. But I'm starting to struggle. Like when you're watching a movie and you're like, man, this relationship it makes no sense. It's so muddled. But then you're like, hmm, or maybe it's complex. So there's that, that a, kind of a razor's edge there, Jared, about. Is it? Are they doing a shit job, or is it, is it by design? What say you? I haven't seen this movie. <laughs> uh, but just in know. general, like whenever you're watching a movie where you're like, "Oh man, this," I just not getting this relationship, and someone's like, "Oh, but it's that's how it really is in life. It's it's, it's murky or flaws and stuff." Eh, no. I mean, it all depends. Uh, I mean, it's this it's subjective because, like, I don't know what one person might find unbelievable if someone else like completely buys into because maybe it reflects their own mm -hmm. uh experience so i don't know it maybe it doesn't work though either uh, I, I find that spielberg is kind of a at times pretty mawkish and i don't know if how many of his uh dramas or like familial like depictions mm -hmm. have re resonated with me very much i mean it hits hit and miss okay. like he's he's not the director he was uh, I mean, I've seen people on Twitter say that this is like one of his masterpieces, and I don't, I don't believe anything anyone says on the internet. So I will maybe mm -hmm. see this movie one day, probably years after the fact. Kind of like even when I saw Munich, I saw it, you know, five six years after it was on like at theater, and I watched it. And I thought the movie was awesome, and nobody talks about that movie anymore. But that's like not really a, it's like a thriller, so uh, it's a different type of fish this is like kind of his uh auto bio movie though really right with the mm -hmm. serial numbers filed off and people love movies about movies and uh so i think mm -hmm. people, like film, film, part. yeah so people on letterbox and like you know uh critics and stuff they're gonna be pretty geared toward liking this i have zero interest in watching this like any spielberg movie um so 
it, I don't know. Until I hit that po- a day where I'm like, oh, I got to catch up on the last 15 years of Spielberg movies after Bridge of Spies like made me go, I'm good for a while. Um, I don't know. But yeah, I, I agree. But as for your, what you were saying, I, I'd have to see it to kind of know what you're talking about because I've definitely seen movies where people are like, wow, it's just so real. And I go, no, it's not. And but it but it hit but other people will say they'll watch the same exact same thing and go, Man, I can't believe it. And they're being completely sincere. So I don't know what to say. <laughs> I think it was it's more thoughtfully made than like what I mean he did with like Ready Player One, like the whole like blockbuster mentality of you just kind of doing a big old movie. I think it's more thoughtfully made than that, but I mean if I'm gonna watch this love of the cinema thing, I think I would stay with Cinema period, DCO. Um, it's kind of a shame that Spielberg's life on film ends up being kind of Oscar-y. I mean, I'm not surprised. <laughs> I think that's like, that seems like a Spielberg kind of like. I don't know. He's so geared toward that making that movie making. I mean, his uh, impact on uh, how movies are made is so prevalent that, like, by default, mm-hmm. the types of movies he makes are just they're Oscar bait because everyone's. Tr- was for a really long time trying to make movies like him. But then you have, like, departures from that now um, that are kind of not like his movies at all, but they're almost like Coen Brothers movies or Terrence mm. Malick. There's, like, these strains of directors that just are so prevalent, and I don't know. Like, I look forward to seeing the director who makes something that's, like, that makes them a Malick or a Spielberg. Like, someone that's like, holy shit. I no one else makes movies like this, and I don't like. I feel like they probably exist, and maybe I'm just jaded, um, and yeah. I can't see it. But I don't know. There, it's... there's one movie like that, Jared. Mark Hicks made this movie called Actium Maximus. Okay, that's kind. That's kind of like hitting some of those bars that you're talking okay. about. Okay, where, where can I watch this? Is, is this new? It's free for free on YouTube. Free on YouTube. Oh, cool. uh, maybe it's on Tubi. To be honest, Tubi's a premium content uh, supplier at these these days. So Mark Mark Hicks, you say? I believe that's what that guy's name was. Okay. Very good. I think. Was Actually, for only, I forgot to mention the biggest redeeming part of this movie. Um, are you guys from? with the Spielberg anecdote about um, John Ford. Yep. The Horizon? The Horizon. And uh, so David Lynch cameos in this movie as John yeah. Ford, and the uh, the climax is, is good stuff. Yeah. I, I had heard that. I had heard that. Okay. Yeah. You think it's anything right. like David Cronenberg in Star Trek Discovery? I guess I'll have uh, to go onto the Patreon to, to learn more. You'll have to find out on the Patreon. Next week. Canadian icon director. You'll have to find out. Mm-hmm. Okay, almost done here. <clears throat> um, me and the kiddos trying to watch through all these DreamWorks movies, so we hit uh, Monsters vs. Aliens. Um, God, DreamWorks is really bad at making human anime characters. I mean, they're glossy, but they're so unsettling at the same time. Um, this is about a woman that turns into a ginormous woman named... Um, ginormica uh, when an asteroid hits her and she joins a team of monsters to save the world kind of has some close encounters vibes some independence um day vibes and yeah you will see uh stephen colbert playing an animated president who plays beverly the beverly hills cop theme on a keyboard instead of the boo, boo, boo. so now you know can watch some monsters versus aliens jared i think there's like kind of a creature from the black lagoon in there uh, yeah. Anna and Kaiju. Kaiju bug. I think for my uh, 2000s CGI kids movies, I'll just watch uh, Monster House. 
That's my pick. Mm. Monster House choice. is pretty fucking good. Yeah, I know. Um, I saw Monsters. Keep the shimmies in that, right? In the drive-thru. That was cool. Okay. Yeah. Anyways. All right, last one. Uh, bridesmaids. So, yeah, Valentine's Day kind of stuck around here since the wife is sick. But, um, yeah, after the kids went to sleep, I was surfing around, seeing what rom-coms were, and I stumbled on the old bridesmaids. And, yeah, some good naughty laughs there. Kind of cool that um, the Rebel Wilson and uh, Melissa McCarthy kind of that was their big jump off point that that bridesmaids and I guess the hilarity of the movie is you see like these, these top notch actresses you know really diving into some pretty uh raunchy shit as they're talking about this uh this sanctity of marriage concept so uh, bridesmaids yeah we had a few laughs with that one you a fan that Paul Feige or Kevin Feige no Paul. I got a bridesmaid story I don't know if Jared's well, let us continue on where we left off, which was, I think, Justin finishing off uh, talking about the movies he's been creeping on the last two weeks. Hmm. Yeah. So, um, did we get to did we get through Bridesmaids already? Yeah. You just finished talking about it, I think. Uh, and then, is that it? Was at the end? Yeah, we that's were... it. Oh, well, awesome. Uh, Convenient awesome. timing. Perfect. Okay. So all I was going to talk about was the movies that came out um, in, from the Criterion announcement, or they're coming out, in May of 2023. And let me tell you, fellas, uh, I was a bit, uh, a bit miffed this morning when I saw the lineup because, holy shit, this is like Criterion trying to send me a message that I should just quit this fucking show the, the, the concept because mm-hmm. the, the the month of may 2023 is got is really stacked with a whole lot of movies i simply simply do not want to ever watch again um for various reasons number one though this is a fan favorite a movie i just don't like that much at all delman louise old ridley scott's uh, 1991 film people like it i watched it a few years ago for the first time and i thought this movie kind of sucked uh, so I was real cornball, and despite the fact that it's got beautiful, luscious 1990s cinema, uh, looks great. I think the movie is real dumb. So what a bummer uh, that is as well. So th- there's a there's a dark horse in this I've never seen before. We'll get there. But second of all, uh, Peter Bogdanovich's Targets, another movie that people really like a lot, like quite a lot. And mm-hmm. I've seen this movie a couple times. I think it's super boring. I don't get it. The, the 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 cover on this Blu-ray though is awesome. It's like a really nice. It's actually one of the nicer packages I think they've done in a long time. Even Thelma and Louise has a pretty decent one. But man, Targets, I think it would be so boring. But people like it. I don't know. Mm. We have uh, uh, Branded to Kill coming to 4K, I guess, or a Blu-ray at least. And uh, I mean, that'll make some people happy. Sure. Wings of Desire, the uh, Vim Vendors movie that fuck i don't like that movie at all again these are movies like i I know despite colombo and this movie like being set in berlin uh it's like for this like sad bastard man in a trench coat angel slumping around love it's like everything on paper sounds like this should be great i should love this and man this movie puts me to sleep i think it's a snooze fest but there's a lot of people love it and are probably very happy that it's coming sure 
and the the one I know nothing about, but based on uh, the context here, um, probably not great. Petit Maman, uh, the follow-up by Celine Sciamma, the director of The Portrait of a Lady on Fire. So this is a, a mm. new movie, like 2021. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know anything about this. Uh, the posters, like kind of this like minimalist, it was it Carson Ellis did it? Uh, I don't know anything about this movie, but man, these other fucking movies like fuck off like fuck right off this is this is a screw you jared they looked at my letterbox and they went what are two movies what are movies that jared doesn't like nailed it i've never i've never felt so attacked in my life Good. um what how do you feel about these releases you two um i i don't care about any of the other ones uh i've heard le petit uh mama is uh actually pretty good but okay. uh I'll, I'll watch i think it's also like this this might blow your mind, Jared. I think it's sixty minutes long. Oh shit! Yeah, true. So that that might change your I think opinion. It's like a mother daughter relationship. Yeah, seventy three minutes. Okay, um, I was a little off. I was a little off, but that's still not bad, right? Yeah, still not bad. So uh, not bad. I mean, that one I'm interested in, but uh, that's about it. I don't know about Big Pete over here. I haven't wanted to see Thumb and Louise in a long time, so I'm kind of excited. When seeing that pop up and give me an excuse to get to it sooner. There you go. Um, but yeah, I'll have to keep in mind that JD thinks it's real dumb. Yep, I don't like it. I, what else yeah. is new? That That's about it. All I know is that um, if people are wondering why the sound went right down the shitter, but this is this was Skype, baby. This is the old days right here, <laughs> right now. Uh, I've no. I'm, I'm wondering if it'll sound like the like the old days, but RJ sounds like crap. Um, mm-hmm. I've again. We'll see. But Craigbot failed. Craigbot died. Uh, yeah. In a, in a Discord fire. All, all of Sorry. a sudden, he just stopped working. He shut off. And uh, I thought it was like you know, to me, I was like, ah, oh, it's the the good old RJ dropping out experience. And I thought it was Justin dropping out for like you know twenty seconds. But then I was informed, no, Craigbot stopped recording. And uh, right now, our audio file for the first half of this episode is tied up in Craig Bot's hands until he becomes available again. So who knows? Who knows what form this episode will take? Um, I don't know. Excitement. Very exciting. These guys got... can't even see me, so that's good. Oh, yeah. yeah, RJ's a absence. He, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's like, he's remember Holes, RJ? Remember Holes? John Voight? Yeah, you're in that hole with John Voight. I'm in the hole with John Voight. Yeah, it's a scary, <laughs> scary place. I don't even know if I'm quite here. I, I checked on, it just said no camera. It said go to the website, and it says, it said uh, make sure that you have the internet connected. And I go in, <laughs> okay. <laughs> make, make sure you internet. Make sure the internet is available. And I said, all right, cool. So I'm, uh, I'll wait for your guys's physical cues before I chip, uh, yeah. chime in. Our, our absences. Your absence of physical cues, some would yeah. say. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, what about you two? Got any news? Uh, Raquel Welch died. That's true. So that's She's, pretty huge. Kinda, we weren't even I, gunning for her. No. Um, I was kind of surprised. Uh, we we talked a little bit about her, I guess, during uh, May the the Harryhausen. Um, yeah, so maybe viewing. it was us. Well, it is a long, that took quite a while for it's a, a death slow death burn to sometimes. catch up to her. Sometimes, but you know what? In some ways, I thought you know maybe she was uh, already gone, that she had already expired. So I, when Huge. I saw that, I was like, oh, 
she was still alive, but now she's not. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Were you moved to tears today, Justin? Uh, no. I mean, I just found that out. Sorry. Okay. Damn. Well, I'm sorry to, um, to, to break the news. Mm-hmm. You know, just one of those things. Circle of life, baby. Uh, talking speaking about Circle of Life, I'm 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 pretty excited to see this Quantumania coming out. You know, big Marvel boy. See that Kang in a Ant Man and his daughter in the Wasp. What's what's his daughter become? Is she like the little ant? She um she becomes a fart lady. That's a high caliber joke. That, you guys, that's, all that's a, all that's a banker. That, that, Skype that's is canon. back, baby. <laughs> so, what is the opposite of uh, of a wah wah? Like, how do you like elevate a joke to being like trambien? <laughs> I think you just. I think you just did it. Trambien. Yeah. Uh-huh. I've, I've, had, I've had to work on my French, you know, because oh, yeah, I know we're, we're going to be talking about the the French here uh, momentarily. Mm-hmm. Well, shit. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. As as, as I've been on the record saying, uh, I, I don't care about the Marvel movies. Uh, people do. I saw some people on Twitter, though. They were speculating that uh, maybe this one doesn't sound too promising. Because I guess uh, Kevin Feige was talking about, uh, uh, was it scores from, like, screeners? Oh, it's doing really good with screeners. It's like, you're like, whoa, he never talks like this at all. And he says... It's like Kang's nothing like Thanos or something. And it's like, oh, Terrific. why is he talking about this? Like, it's like very unusual the way he's talking about this movie in comparison to everything else. Where he's like, I know it's fucking good. This one's like, hmm. oh yeah, we're we're pretty energized about it. It's, <laughs> it's like, hmm. we'll see. I mean, it's it's had a, like the Marvel Enterprises had a pretty good run since two thousand eight. Where 14 15 years in it's got to slow down eventually right that's just how every industry has ever worked i don't think it's like it's not gonna like drop like a rock or anything like that but it's i don't think um it, it feels to me as an outsider um this phase four that mm-hmm. we're endlessly been in forever uh it's very rudderless it doesn't seem like there's like a real direction that it's going and it's like obvious and maybe it felt more obvious because I don't know. They're doing the first storyline of Marvel stuff. And so, hey, we're going to do Infinity Gauntlet. That's where we're going to kind of go. There's Thanos, Mm -hmm. guys. Infinity cubes and cosmic cubes and gems. And so people are kind of like, oh, cool. And there was no one was thinking about grandiose plans. It was just like, we're making a bunch of movies and they're doing okay. And then eventually they went, oh, people like continuity, huh? Mm -hmm. And and now we've had this like thing where they got rid of all the like most charismatic actors <laughs> and uh they're trying to get back that magic like half acid um covid shutdowns and theaters being closed and having to delay everything really i think kiboshed whatever momentum they had after the last big the avengers one four avengers four mm-hmm. and uh Yen game. That's the ticket. Uh but it seems like yeah, I mean that Spider-Man movie did really well. Like people love that, but other than that, I don't know. We'll see. I don't have the I don't have people the the old comic shop talking to, uh, talking to me about the Marvel movies anymore though. It's so old hat at this point. Uh, it's almost like that's the only thing movies. The sad thing though is it's like, those are the only movies that people are still going to go see in theaters. Like it's still going to do well, but will it do as well as these guys expect? And that's the they, they might have like very unreasonable expectations of what these movies are supposed to do. 
Uh, I mean, obviously, it's a far shade better off than the 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 current state of DC movies, <laughs> but by a lot. But uh, which is like the saddest thing in the world is the 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 Black Adam stance. The people who really want to mm. believe that like DC like doesn't actually do anything wrong. It's so great. And then like all these people who were like, we're loving James Gunn. <laughs> they're like, all oh, the only ones I like are uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Now he's doing DC stuff. And they're like, boo. <laughs> he's not, he's not Zack Snyder. It's like, come on, Zack Snyder. <laughs> I think they finally released that flash trailer. So maybe that though. Has anyone watched that trailer? I watched it. How was it? Oh, yeah. It's got Batman in it, Jared. Which which Batman? All of them. <gasps> Michael Keaton Batman? You got it. Ben Affleck Batman. And then uh, they do show um, Christian Bale's motorcycle Batman. But Christian Bale is not confirmed or shown in the preview. But you see his motorcycle. Like, you know, the Dark Knight one? Yeah. Yeah. So that's, I think, actually, or maybe it's just a motorcycle. You see a Batman on a motorcycle at one point. So, okay. so you, I you, assumed it was Dark Knight Batman. Do you think that's like part of reshoots? Like they're kind of like, we got to give we got to give fan service, guys. People like Spider-Man. They, they want yeah. gonna they to do the Batman version of No Way Home. Yeah, that's exactly what this is. Yeah. But but it's a Flash uh, movie because no one gets well, a shit about Flash, but they get yeah. like Batman. <laughs> yeah, three they Batmans, have, three Batmans. Uh, Supergirls in there. There's two Flashes. Ezra Miller's doing two people. Um, I think they were hoping that uh, all the Batmans would distract that Ezra Miller was like kidnapping people and holding people <laughs> hostage Alleged- on like a camp compound or something. Allegedly, I mean, I think I think he actually I think he did like. Allegedly acknowledge it and like oh. went to into treatment. I I think oh. is the story, yeah, and that's why done, D- he hasn't stood trial yet. No, uh, but I think or no, he pleaded guilty to something. But uh, I think the reason DC is sticking behind him is because he pleaded guilty to something and then he went into rehab. So they're like, look, he's trying to improve himself, which is what everyone should be doing. So it's like we can't fault him for that, right? So I mean that I, I think that's what their official statement is, but uh, yeah, I watched it. It's it's kind of like Flashpoint, but not really because Flashpoint is like drastically like uh, if you've ever read that, like there's a lot of shit going on in that, like which is none of this. Like there's not multiple versions of multiple people. It's just like a different version of everybody where Aquaman and Wonder Woman are like taking over. Okay. But well, um, it's kind of like Flashpoint. So Miller pleaded no contest to the karaoke incident and was fined $500 for disorderly conduct. That was, uh, I think the whole, the Hawaii, the one? The, that, that's one thing. And then there's, there's other stuff and who knows? I think those are, my, those matters all might be before the court. So again, allegedly, Oh, all I know is this movie was supposed also, to come out last summer. I'm sorry. There's a, there's also a burglary charge. <laughs> what the yeah. fuck? Well, he stole liquor from someone's house, allegedly. 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 Uh, arraignments and pushback. Oh, yeah, wait, just wait, like wait. that. Just like that. Uh, so he had pleaded guilty, and then, like, in January, he pleaded guilty. And he was, um, he, trespassing plea was approved. So he's been, he pled guilty to one thing. So he hasn't, he hasn't been uh, convicted yet, or whatever that's going to look like. I don't know. What do you, what, what are you going to get convicted of, Jared? Uh, going to see Flash five times in theater because I'm going to have Flash fever. Oh, wow. No. Incredible enthusiasm. Yeah, I'm, I'm stoked, boys. It's, it's DC's time. We're going to have a nice reboot. And then uh, 
We're going to have Superman, but no Henry Cavill. Um, he's, no, it's Supergirl. He's going to be a he's going to be a space marine, Henry Cavill. Oh shit! Yeah, that's cool. Pretty cool. It's that uh, clip I posted of uh, Brendan Fraser on the Howard Stern show. Very emotional that his villain in the Batgirl movie is not seeing the light of day. Where, where did you post this? On the Discord under where? Yeah, I, when? I, I saw I saw when you posted that. Like, uh, so like. All these people, because uh, you posted that, that Brendan Fraser was like, yeah, it was Firefly. And like uh, that was pretty public when they were filming. Um, but then uh, I saw another thing where uh, one of the DC execs was like, this movie was unwatchable. It was just a piece of shit. And then uh, that lady who was Batgirl was like, no, it was really good. It was incredible. Everyone who's seen it cried. <laughs> oh, see, and- I saw that. Yeah, and it was just like we've been saying that forever. We're all every every actor for every movie. It's like, oh, this is my most personal movie yet, and it's just like, yeah, sure, whatever. But uh, I mean, I I know they all really care about it, but that D- DC executive was just like, it was a real piece of shit, so we had to get rid of it. <laughs> so I mean, that's that's pretty that's some bluntness that you don't really see in executives very often. So. I was like, maybe, yeah, this, guy, maybe this guy's telling the WB truth. Getting no return on um, investment. Yeah. For them. I don't know. I don't know anymore, you know. You know. Yeah. Um, I'm going to give James Cameron some more money. Ooh, yeah. And it goes, uh, like, kids really want to see Titanic in uh, 3D. Oh, so man. hopefully the that kid, won't be a total kids, train wreck. The kids want to see do. Titanic? Yeah, they're all into that Titanic. <laughs> Even when I had Titanic uh, on two VHS, I didn't want to see Titanic when I was a kid. But oh well, hype, hype. Yeah, I really enjoyed uh, that Avatar two in three uh, D with the the motions moving and stuff. Pretty cool looking film. So uh, yeah, hopefully they can bring the Titanic. I saw a bad review of it today, but you know what does that mean? Nothing. Like, so yeah, what, at some point of, of Titanic. <laughs> No, of the 3D, they're like okay. saying how it was dark and how like the movie's too claustrophobic and most of it for it to even be effective. So, eh, what do they know? Yeah, we'll we'll see how it goes. The kids really want to see it, so what the hell? But every time, but I mean, I, I went to go see what Phantom Menace back in 3D back in the day, and that was terrible. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. Very blurry. Huge, if true. Huge, if true. I remember seeing Phantom Menace, and I thought it was wicked. I was 11, so. In 3D? Or when it originally came out? No, when it originally came out. Okay. RG, you never saw it in 3D? 3D wasn't a thing when I was 11, Jarrett. Wow, what about when it got re-released? Huh? When did it get... It didn't... Not in Creepsville. Phantom no. Menace was never re... Yeah. Hell no. Yeah, not 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 here. Not, not we don't get movies here. It was so bad. I think they had planned to do all the prequels 3D, but Phantom Menace was so bad they just ditched the ditched the idea. We don't get stuff like that. We get stuff like the Kang Dynasty. That's what people in Creepsville care about. It's Kang. I know that's what Jared cares about. I like saying Kang. Kang with an, exc- with an exclamation mark. Yeah, who doesn't? Who doesn't? Well, we got a movie to talk about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Let's let's get to that. Uh, after the break, um, we're going to get our gun. Yeah, I found the gun and I killed fucking Craig Bob with it. Oh, my God. Oh, my da- God. Damn. That, that's, that's, that's some strong violence. 
This is strong violence. Le mec, au fur et à mesure de sa chute, il se répète sans cesse pour se rassurer. Jusqu'ici, tout va bien. Jusqu'ici, tout va bien. Jusqu'ici, tout va bien. Mais l'important, c'est pas la chute. Paris varoshlarında sıradan bir gün. Bir yabancı polisin saldırısına uğradı. Arkadaşları intikam almaya kararlı. Nefret giderek büyüyor. And we're back. This is the Criterion Creeps podcast. And tonight we're talking about La Haine from 1995, directed by Matthew Kasovitz. And we are joined by a longtime guest uh, of the show. Justin Peterson, hello. This mm-hmm. is uh, more of a reintroduction for those YouTube people who are going to definitely love how we pronounce French words in the, for the next, like, 50 minutes. Oh, but yeah. um, but uh, we and uh, enjoying the classic sounds of Skype recording. But, uh, yeah, we'll get there. We'll get bon there. Bonjour, homies. There you go, mm-hmm. homies. Mm-hmm. Uh, the tagline for this film how far you fall doesn't matter. It's how you land. Uh, is this a ro- is this a romantic comedy? Oh damn, maybe it is. That's a that's a new twist called late. Um, mm. The synopsis from Letterbox: After a chaotic night of rioting in a marginal suburb of Paris, three young friends, Vins. Hubert and Said wander around unoccupied, waiting for news about the state of health of a mutual friend who has been seriously injured when confronting the police. Mm. So, Justin, what what made you want to come and join us to discuss Lahain this night? Now, Jared, I'm glad you asked me that question because the last couple of times I've come on here, uh, let's see, I hate watched. 
character, which I'm sure people didn't like. Um, had never seen Diary of Country Priest before. Had never seen uh, Canterbury Tale before. But this La Hen is a banger for me. Um, it's one of the handful of movies I would say it was a criterion I knew nothing about. Jumped into it and was totally floored by it, especially the ending. Um, found out about it from that old uh, Criterion uh, closet video, Barry Jenkins talking about how him and his mates were watching it on repeat back in the day. Really enjoyed it. So I wanted to check it out for myself. I thought it was going to be some kind of a crime film. And so was very surprised how it is about um, prejudice between um, hatred between, you know, street guys and the cops. So um, pretty intense. So let's see where we uh, we, we settle on this. Sure thing. And RJ, uh, why did mm-hmm. you want to start this podcast to talk about Lahane uh, six years ago? Well, I'll tell you, Jared. There was a guy I worked with one time. He was doing his uh, uh, PhD when I was doing my master's, and um, partway through his degree, he changed his name. So he was going by one name, and then he changed his name. And then uh, one time he said, "You like Criterion movies, eh?" And I went, "Yeah, I do." He said, "You ever seen Lahane?" And I said, no, I haven't. What's that about? And he went, French people. And I went, okay, cool. I'll definitely check out French people one day. And and look at you now. Look at me now, man. I did French until grade six. Uh, Jay Peterson's got the Lahane physical copy there, which is very nice. But uh, yeah, I took grade six French. Um, I'm pretty sure I got an A in that, Jared, like a 90% or above, you know, like no big deal. You, you could really rip out that ennui. 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 You know, that kind of stuff. Uh, so, uh, yeah, Lahane is a movie I had heard about before we even started this podcast. So I was always like, man, when's Lahane Day? Am I right, boys? Just always been waiting. And I know, like, Jared's a huge fan of Ocean's 12, so he's a real big Vincent Cassell, Cassell guy. So he's just been just been waiting for it, which I mean, I'm excited for him. You know what I mean? I'm excited for you, Jared. For me. Yes, for you, which is cool. So we got that going for us, which is okay. good. All right. Yeah. Yes. Uh, fun fact for me was the fact that, uh, so, you know, being blown away by the movie, I wanted to share it a little bit. So I uh, was like, hey, my buddy Joey, you should check this out. And that led to us, you know, eventually come together for a podcast. And we did this episode, and he wasn't too as keen on it as I was. So that was kind of a letdown. So hopefully I can... Uh, We'll see if the like-mindedness is here. What say you, Jared? Uh, so this is a movie that has just kind of been vaguely on my radar for years. Like, I've never had anyone go out of their way to recommend it to me before. It pops up on kind of like best of lists, I guess, of the 90s. But usually it's kind of further down. It's because the 90s is so packed with great movies. Uh, there's nothing that really jumped out at me about like just like seeing the poster so, like usually it's like these like these intense eyes uh of like a man and like lying it's like i don't know what that even means right like you read that and you're like i'm not a french speaker um it looks very serious uh looks very hard-edged unforgiving uh gritty and once in a while i'd read the i don't even know if i knew the synopsis actually honestly before today other than i'm like oh it's about french youths and um 
I don't know. Uh, there's a couple other movies like that. A, f- a friend of mine, he was living here in uh, Creepsville. Uh, he was actually from Marseille originally, and he would always like talk about like a handful of like French films that he just loved. Um, and this one got brought up all the time. He just said, "Oh, you have to watch it. Do it, tell me." We call we call them Frenchy. <laughs> that was that's what he told us to call him. Uh, but I, I think he gave me at some point like a burnt DVD R of this. Because he's like, oh, you have to watch it. You have to watch this. There's like the other movie too, um, Skip of My Heart movie, whatever that's actually its full title mm-hmm. is. Does that ring a bell for anybody? As I look this up, uh, I think you're thinking of something else. The it's beat that uh, the beat that my heart skipped. Mm. I think it's called like, but there's like there's a remake of it from like 2005. Mm-hmm. It was like this and Lahane that he would talk about all the time. Well, who hasn't been there? You know. Who hasn't been? Mm-hmm. But so, yeah, anyway, yeah, I was kind of going into this movie mostly blind. I knew that several months ago, uh, even like maybe a couple years ago, I think Justin had, when he'd been on the show previously, been talking about this movie specifically, being like, oh, I've got to come on for that one. For like, I don't know, yeah, it does, it's like, right, it's like been like maybe a few years that you kind of had called your shot that the next time you joined us, it was for, going to be for this. So here we are, finally. So I think it might have been after you said Rain was filled, and that was my, the next one after Fear and Loathing, and that was this one. So. Yeah, there you go. Uh, so anyway, uh, what's this movie about? Well, it's sort of a, a day in the life. It's sort of just like a, a snapshot of a day, I guess, of uh, a few young uh, French men, uh, one being uh, Vince, uh, oh, Vincent Cazelle, uh, who probably is the most uh, famous uh, actor in this, I think by quite a bit. He's in lots of stuff. Everybody knows him. Everyone, one of my favorites is uh, actually the French film uh, Shaitan, S-H-E-I-T-A-N. Yeah, Shitten, RJ. Oh, okay. Irreversible, and, right? And, and everyone knows all irreversible Brotherhood of the Wolf. Mm-hmm. But a big, big, big star that he is. Um, so he's here. He's uh got real short hair, shaved his head, and he's really lean. He is he's really showcasing that body of his. Um and he lives at home, uh kind of a multi-generational house uh, with his grandmother. Uh, and he's friends. It's like they're all kind of like, I guess you'd call like probably at best working poor class, um, mm-hmm. like large, like I guess you like, I'm not sure if you call it, uh, how it would work for like in terms of like immigrants, if, if they're like recent or like kind of first gen, second gen um, or if they'd moved there. But it's like this is like something that I, I've only really ever experienced from. I don't know if either of you are familiar with the um, music video uh, Stress by Justice. Mm-mm. That I feel for me is like everything I need out of Lahane I get from the music video "Stress" by Justice. I which isn't anything to say about the movie or anything like that, but that music video is awesome, and it really it taps into the exact same uh, feelings I think, but it is far more direct and uh, kind of amazingly terrifying. Uh, about just like you know relationships of power with against the powerless and you know those uh outbursts i guess of like taking things back and the music video itself has this like real like because i find lahane actually struggles with what to do um Mm -hmm. and there's like kind of like oh you know there's those attempts to do it but it's very grounded uh i guess in 
what people would be struggling with um, when you're basically feeling oppressed and being targeted. And there's like sort of like a come back and forth in terms of like, you know, people escalate and do stupid shit, which then sets off another stupid thing. And then it gets even worse. Uh, justice uh, music video stress. It is just like, no, nah, fuck that. There's no in between. <laughs> it's just like, uh, I don't know, unrelenting. It's awesome. It's, it's one of those great music videos anyways. So uh, the movie opens up with this montage of um, a riot that it occurred um, in, uh, in uh, yeah, a borough of Paris. And you're just kind of, it's just like mayhem. Uh, you're kind of being, it's being kind of, there's music kind of set over top of it. And it's just reggae, right? Yes. Um, yes, reggae. And um, basically, by the end of it, you kind of get this sense that, it's like, oh, so there's this young man um, who has been put into the hospital uh, in this as a result of this um, collision between uh, rioters slash protesters uh, versus the police. And this is sort of the immediate fallout of that as um uh, these men, uh, who I, I, I will know, I guess they are all uh, from immigrant families, as I kind of said earlier, uh, trying to figure out what what to do, what to do about that. Uh, there is a uh, gym that uh, has burnt down, which is kind of where um, Hub, Hubert, uh, Hubert, um, Afro-French boxer, um, mm-hmm. and also um, struggling with, I guess, like a heroin addiction oh what jared heroin holy cow okay i know you know what because part of me when i saw that i'm like man that that's 90s movies for you that is the in in 90s movies heroin that is the i've seen so many movies depicting this like you know your train spottings pulp fiction jumanji jumanji especially yeah run lola run classic 90s but yeah that kind of um yeah, it, it was the, the the drug of choice at that point in time. Um, Pulp Fiction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then you have uh, Saeed, uh, who is, um, like, what do they say here? North African Muslim. And they're all, they've all come together. Uh, the, the Jewish guy, uh, the black guy, and the Muslim. They're all friends. They all have something in common because they're under the same sort of struggle. Um, and of course, there's like kind of like the fallout. The police are after, uh, they're trying to like quell the unrest that's happening in the community. Uh, and Which is basically, it's a, it's a project, right? Or in the projects. Well, yeah, it's basically just kind of like, well, that's the where people are left to do what they're doing. They should stay in their quarter, and we're not going to put a lot of resources into there, other than police resources, and then wonder why are there problems? Uh, people are kind of left on their own. Um, Hubert is kind of like living with his mom, uh, kind of like taking care of her. And he, of course, is also uh, selling drugs <laughs> to uh, be able to afford, you know, baby formula and like, you know, the, the essentials. Uh, Vin's um, in the riot found a, a revolver. Big old gun, which again, like it's one of those things where uh i'd be curious like in europe i'm not sure how readily available uh handguns are or if this is like one of those things where it's like whoa uh having this is like actually kind of significant of sort of like cops 
and they're criminals. If, if these aren't just floating around uh, willy nilly, but I, I'm not familiar with the the gun laws in France. But there seems to be kind of like a lot of risk around this, where it's like, whoa, you shouldn't have that because uh, you know bad things happen once you once you produce a gun. Uh, that gives the police basically incentive to just be able, oh, they can just kill you. But you know what? Maybe they'll do that anyway, as we find out in the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why not? What's that? I said, why not? Why not? Why not? Yeah, the what? police. I mean, they have absolute authority. What's the problem? What's the problem? No. Well, it all depends on what happens when they, they get you, when they pick you up and mm. uh, they, they, they show you up to they teach people. This is how you torture a guy. This is how you make sure you don't leave a mark. But Jared, I'm a white hetero Christian. Surely I'm OK. <laughs> Surely. Surely. Yeah. Anyway, surely. So, yeah, like they kind of like are like so. It's basically yeah. The movie is like them drifting through uh, the suburbs, trying to find, discover what to do uh, in the fall of this and the remnants of um, this most recent um, riot. Uh, Some of the scenes you see, it's been it's been that whole week since I've watched this. It's keeping the movie a little foggy. Not gonna lie. Uh, They go to go visit. their friend in the hospital that's a mistake that, mm. that's not allowed mm. to happen and then you find out that there is a um uh a police officer uh sympathetic uh, to this to this struggle here uh in terms of just like not wanting to be an asshole he's not just like a, another jerk cop but he, he's got to help him out but he knows these guys they're always going to be in and out of trouble and this is sort of like that negotiation going on between police and i guess like you're i don't know people on the street that are probably selling drugs here and there out of desperation not because they necessarily want to become hardened full-time criminals or are necessarily endangering the lives of innocents mostly they're targeting one another uh but at the same time then the police also take some uh advantage of the fact that they kind of have this unchecked power um and they they kind of wonder why are we in this crazy situation that's only escalated uh, as you know I don't know you go back to you walk back a step and you go oh there's like not a lot of resources being deployed into these communities to help offset the desperation that is happening here instead we're just going to add more police to make people feel good about themselves and uh, make feel make them feel safe but actually in fact it just adds fuel to the fire uh, in terms of like what's happening without offering anything. Um, way of real solutions because it's just easy to be like, well, go down there and handle it, boys. Mm. No, I mean, uh, could be, could be. Uh, there's a scene in a bathroom that I knew immediately. I'm like, oh man, this has got some real screenshot capabilities here. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of talk of shit going on, and I, I can, I can just hear RJ just clicking away, <laughs> snapshotting away. Mm-hmm. And uh, what do you know, Jer? Well, I mean, you can't snapshot on Criterion Channel anymore. You know, copyrights and stuff like that. But uh, I found a way. Life finds a way. Jeff Goldblum, Jurassic Park. Uh, So uh, I I made it happen. I made it happen is the point. So, uh, yeah, there was a lot of good shit talk. There was a lot of fart talk also. Mm -hmm. So there was um, and there was also a lot of hot dog talk, which uh, no one's mentioned yet. But I I was really on board with that, too. All the talk about hot dogs. I like a hot dog. I don't know about you boys. Mm-hmm. So, 
It's just my opinion. Uh, so what's that guy in the restroom coming out talking about a good having a good shit? He starts Did talking he... about the he starts telling this story, and this is like some of that like again felt like patented '90s cinema where you mm-hmm. kind of have this uh, kind of quirky scene, and it's always like it's got to be set in a bathroom, and you're and you're left to puzzle what's what does it all mean? Or the the characters aren't aren't smart enough to figure out what's what's happening here. Uh, it's a story about a man refusing to. Uh, in public mm-hmm. well he <laughs> comes out he says, he, when he emerges he says nothing like a good shit yeah and then you go all right you say i'm on board for whatever wherever this journey is going to take us and then yeah he tells a story i can't remember what it's about though and another up, he goes to a different restroom and then when he tries to catch up with the train he ends up getting frozen to death right well, the story maybe you shouldn't be so hung up on your little problems when back out in russia couldn't even take a shit without dying so yeah i mean i've been there i've been there <laughs> every time i go down it feels like the last anyways so another like i, I didn't realize that this um particular trope went back to lehane because this this movie predates boogie nights but mm-hmm. you have you gotta have a scene in your movie where uh, your characters go to uh a drug dealer's house and uh, violence is uh, being threatened because what was it? Uh, I can't remember the name of the the guy. It's a, a drug dealer, and you're like, you know, there's this tension to it because everyone seems a little bit unhinged, a little coked out. Um, mm-hmm. And of course, that that's what happens. We get some Russian roulette, a cl- a cl- another classic of cinema. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, again, it's like it's, it's just. It's, we're kind of getting these little snapshots or little snapshots of um, uh, kind of the underworld and the dealings that these characters have. So they're not like, you know, g- good people necessarily. They're kind of like, well, they've, they're, they're, they have brushes with it. They're complex characters. Um, but it's like they have everyone. Everyone has their struggles. Uh, but then but then, of course, you kind of get put on their side again when they're being sadistically tortured by the police. <laughs> and you go, oh, well. I don't think they've done anything quite to to deserve this. Mm. No. Uh, they go to He's got easy. Uh, got it. Uh, got it easy that time. He went to the old cinema, chilling yeah. out. Yeah, oh, and and then uh, an art gallery mm-hmm. as well, mm-hmm. uh, where they start macking, and uh, this is this isn't go, this doesn't go very well. Uh, they got tossed out. Uh, they try stealing a car. This like this kind of random drunk guys like really amused by this. Uh, it might even be his car. Who knows? And then the police roll up, and there's a, an escape. And this guy helps him out because he's a, he's a good guy. Uh, they find out that uh, the 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 friend of theirs uh, from who was left in the ICU, beaten by the cops, he's died. And. Um, this is this, of course, sets everything down a, a darker turn. Um, and then, what kind of happens after that? After they find out that Abdel's dead, well, life happens, Jared. Life happens. Skinheads. Skinheads. Yeah. Yeah, they're encountered by the skinheads, yeah. and uh, they get separated for a bit, and then they meet back up, and they they get one of them, they get him, they grab him, get him. And right. then they go, okay, yeah. here's your chance. You got a gun? Kill this dude. Yeah, this whole time, Vince has been saying, hey, you know, if, if our friend dies, you know, we're going to take a 
cop's life in return. And so Hubert's like, well, this is even worse than a cop. Do your thing. And Stunt got the go and has to do it, does he? Mm-hmm. He gets right. a little scared, a little scared. Yeah. Yeah. The human okay. thing. And then, uh, yeah, um, they're kind of walking along. And then they encounter some more cops. And then that's where things kind of finish up. Well, kind of finish up like the next morning. So we've kind of like come full circle in terms of the day. Uh, And there's like more, there's altercations and there's like harassment. And, um, you know, one thing leads to another. And uh, a gun accidentally goes off from the police officer and shoots and kills Vince. Uh, this is, of course, was Hubert, who's walking away, who now is in possession of the the gun, the, the missing gun uh, from the riot the night before. And he he strolls over and produces the gun. And the movie kind of ends on this kind of, uh, again, very 1990s cinema beat, very dramatic beat of these two forces of, I guess, kind of like social unrest, racial prejudice, uh, class oppression and the police uh with guns foisted upon one another and the zoom in on uh Saeed's face uh and we'll hear a gunshot go off and then the, the film ends and uh that's that that is the the end of the film what's the statement of this film what is its conclusion seems it seems to be uh nothing great it's like, nope, it's not getting any better, folks. And I, I ought to say, like, my little knowledge of, like, I don't know. France? Of, of Paris, uh, of, like, of Europe and stuff like that. It seems like they're basically in the exact same place in a lot of ways that they were in 1995 as they are today. Um, like, nothing's been we solved. Um, it, it, but it's just like, yeah, like, this, there's these moments. I think just, like, God, like, what, like a month or so ago? I think I saw it was like um, maybe it was like a I don't know Muslim man was shot and killed and then there was uh, an accompanying riot that that followed suit and uh, it's just like oh here we go like it's just like fuck like, so I think that's a curious thing of like not curious it's a shitty thing it sucks curious? it's like no nothing nothing's better it's pretty much oh yeah mm-hmm. this is happening uh, no one's figured out anything to make it better or solve it is it solvable i don't know uh there's got to be some other maybe everything that's being tried isn't working too great maybe maybe that's something but um i gotta give it to this lahane movie uh my my the word that kept coming to my mind watching this was creamy the filmmaking of this Mm. movie is very creamy it's so smooth it's so slick i couldn't tell you why this movie is shot in black and white exactly it's about a metaphor i i I know i know but this is this this is uh, when i started watching i went oh shit i get to bust out the novelty black and white uh tag that's been it's been a while Mm -hmm. i I didn't think about it even though every time i see the poster it's in black and white but i'm like well that's just a stylization but it's like nope this movie's black and white Mm -hmm. so uh but yeah i mean this movie probably would look because usually like when you make your movie black and white you're like like after the fact especially if you're like kind of working with like a, a smaller budget it's kind of like to hide something like it's like maybe you didn't have like the best film stock um or or you're 
or or maybe that I mean here i think it is intentional you're going for a, a an aesthetic you're looking for a grit uh, that's for a offered by for, for a metaphor but mm-hmm. but are but it's like one of those things where it adds to it because it's a choice it's an intentional choice mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm not sure this movie was indeed i'm assuming it was actually shot in um it was shot in color it was shot in color Intro. Yeah, Matthew Cassavetes. I listened to the commentary, and basically the reason he kept it in black and white was because there's no no good way to make the projects look good in color. So uh, having that black and white aesthetic instantly just kind of made it all work. So it was practical. And actually, they were prepared. If this bombed at the box office, they were prepared to actually re-release it in color. Interesting. Mm. Yeah, I'm the same way. I like how honest uh, they are about it. Because sometimes I feel that uh, contemporary <laughs> filmmaking would lie to us about why they made things in black and white. I'm not pointing fingers at any particular Netflix film or anything like that, but uh, I like that there's like a, it's refreshing to hear like them saying, yeah, I mean, it looks good in black and white. And we tried it. And if it failed, we'll just put it out in color. <laughs> like, oh, mm-hmm. shit. Thank you. <laughs> it's appreciated. Um, so yeah, I don't know how I feel about Lahane, honestly, though, as like a movie. Uh, I'm not sure if it's like I'm coming late to this movie because I feel like if I'd seen this like closer to when it came out in the vicinity of like even like 10 years, I would have been like, holy fuck, this this is what movie making is capable of. This is amazing. What about King? Uh, uh, well, you know, we're going to wait till the quantum verse comes oh, sure or, okay okay but um so like watching it now because where are we at now uh 25 damn it's it's actually kind of nuts that this movie's uh soon to be 30 years old it's actually real depressing mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah we're 28 years old um that so much of this seems to have been absorbed by everything and mm-hmm. I, I don't know for me if there's anything in this where I'm like, yeah, that's Lahane. Uh, I guess I, like the thing I kept saying, watching this now is I'm like, Oh, this is feels very much like a, exactly the type of movie that would have been made in the 1990s, which isn't a slag or anything like that. I think it's like, Oh yeah, no, this is a, um, uh, Kasovitz is definitely making this movie, uh, extremely well and handling the subject matter that, I don't know how much movie making there is around this uh, or even for 1995, how much there was, or if it was, it was actually pretty like, I'm not sure if this was an obvious thing to be talking about. Like we were, you know, an hour ago, we were talking about Oscar bait. Like I don't, this movie doesn't feel like that, but I feel like so many movies have come kind of along. And I imagine this movie is like kind of like the cornerstone of influence for that. Um, but then you have like crime movies that like kind of kind of touch on this, but then they attach like a crime story to it, like City of God. I feel like that movie kind of is more what Lahane kind of inspired in some ways. But I could be completely wrong about that too. But this I don't know. an interesting thing I heard in the commentary where um, you know he was kind of ragging on how like the new wave films, I mean, aren't really really getting in touch with French culture, you know, just two people arguing in a room. So uh, he was much more inspired (laughs) by like the Spike Lee's of the world and so forth. And I mean, would you call this the French do the right thing? Uh, I mean, sure. I mean, I I think that fits. You definitely could. Um, 
yeah I, why not <laughs> it, seems, it seems um different goals uh, since i've seen uh do the right thing but um yeah similar and definitely approach and those zooms up to the faces and stuff very spikely esque so yeah i mean i just to me like i just even equate all that with um sort of like not indie but kind of your uh more bolder filmmakers who are wanting to make like these punchier like this 90s aesthetic that we've gone so far away from movies just don't look like this at all anymore and it's kind of a sad thing because even uh old Thelma and Louise the the grandiose vision of like a Ridley Scott in the 90s with those big widescreen cameras gone uh, we're left with muddy Netflix looking movies but who knows 15 years from now I'm sure that we'll look back and go man movies look so great <laughs> like on Netflix I don't know that's going to happen I really don't um, I feel like people are going to like Roger Deakins, but people like '90s Roger Deakins too. And now we have modern Roger Deakins. I don't know if he, I don't think he's as good, or the movies he's making aren't, aren't as nice looking to me. Digital man, I don't know. Uh, so I was wondering though, it's like whatever happened to Matthew Kasovitz? Because there's this this movie is his feather in his cap, but the, the rest of his uh, oeuvre, uh, I'm not so sure about. There was that Crimson Rivers movie, which. I feel like was all over the Canadian market. Uh, I'm not sure if this had some uh, French Canadian funding because this movie, man, I, every time you went to a video store there, this was in bins everywhere. And then uh, I've never seen it. I just, I don't know. I, I don't care about uh, Jean Renoir and uh, it's got Vincent Cassell as well. Uh, I never really, nothing about this jumped out at me, but everybody knows and loves Gothica, right? Who Gothica. doesn't? Everyone loves Gothica. It's all part of that um, that French extreme horror, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Oh. And, th- and then there was, of course, uh, Babylon AD. Everyone loves Babylon AD starring Vin Diesel. Remember, mm-hmm. remember Babylon AD? Nobody. Nobody remembers it. Uh, his last movie was 2011. And, uh, wow. yeah. Of the, like, of this year, 2011? Yeah, this year, 2011. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's not too bad. Not too bad. So, I don't know. It's kind of like, oh, this is his movie. This was his, like, movie that he got to make. That's kind of like the one that I'm assuming most people are going to probably talk about still. But, uh, yeah, anyway. I'm like, yeah, this movie's good. It's obviously, like, super nice looking. That's a nice uh, break uh, from from some of the movies that we watch, which are kind of like, oh... Another 1960s Japanese movie, huh? Sometimes mm-hmm. too much, too much. So watching this, it's like it feels very alive. Like the, it just feels like very uh, contemporary and an easy movie to watch for sure. But uh, I'll I'll hand it off to uh, me, Justin right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell me about Lahine and your love for it. And on this rewatch, does the love remain? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm glad you uh, preferenced that because that is actually how I'm going to lead into this. Um, yeah, the first two times I saw it, quite blown away. But, you know, whenever you know a movie and like, I mean, I even talked about this on one of my podcasts, so I definitely knew the beats. So actually knowing how things were going to fall into place kind of diminished the end a little bit. Good, but you can kind of see the the seams of the filmmaking and and you never want that. You want to be immersed in the experience. Um so like I said, I listened to the Matt Kasovitz commentary. Um, he was kind of complaining about the new wave and so forth. And so he wanted this more down to earth 
story. Um, I think he was inspired to make this after somebody um, got killed in um, a riot. Yep. Uh, one of the imp- the interesting things um, in the the commentary was like how in France, you know, writing is all a part of their culture. I mean, ever since like the French Revolution, they've always been about, you know, marching against injustice. So it's it's very much commonplace for writing. I thought that was an interesting tidbit there. Um, so did you hear about the, the Jodie Foster connection, how, you know, she's French and she saw it and she promoted it in America and spread it around? No, I had no idea. Okay. That's that's one of those true facts. Let's see here. Um, all right. Um, the thing that really got, I think, sunk its claws into me early on. You know, I'm a pulp culture lover. '90s. I mean, we go we go into Vince's room. We got that Bret Hart Canadian poster there. I definitely oh, yeah. related to that as a '90 kid. '90s kid. Um, Vince is very much inspired by the tough guys of the. Uh, of American culture. I mean, all these guys are essentially. I mean, you have the the taxi driver scene where you know he's staring in the the mirror doing his thing. Um, we see the world is uh, yours, the the popular reference from uh, Scarface. Um, Hubert has a Bob Marley poster. He has the uh, the shot of the, the the Olympians holding up the uh, the black glove in defiance. Yeah, the Muhammad Ali. So yeah, a lot of good. Um, throughout the the years uh you know prejudicial uh, moments um of you know different heroes of um you know the movement equal equal so, rights okay here's something to throw because that's actually a really good, okay. i'm glad you mentioned that is uh what's changed in 30 years like what are the posters that people have like if you have posters on your wall what do you have on your wall because like honestly it's like i feel well so that's that, 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 you had four years. Well, Che Guevara is like, eh, I don't, I think that's like kind of uh, out of vogue now. It definitely was like in the early 2000s, but you don't see those. Like, so at work, they have a poster sale all the time for uh, for the kids on campus. And mm-hmm. I, I, don't, I don't see the Shays. I see Sopranos posters. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you still see Taxi Driver, but man, oh man, it's like, so that's, but all that stuff, like, it's like, oh, we're 30 years later and those are still the same kind of reference points in a lot of ways for um mm. probably for this like um social class but like, what we'd have like the joker <laughs> thrown into that now like that's mm-hmm. that, that's oh, one sure. of those things so jared when uh when i was lived in the states and lived in the dorm i had three posters i had a fear and loathing poster yep and two malcolm x posters there you go really two malcolm x ones. choice and that and that's what, what, what it was. they show what they have on them one of them Peter was Creed, uh one of them was uh it where is. he uh it's uh by any means necessary it was uh that was one of them and uh what what did the, what did that mean to you as a young <laughs> as a young boy as a white hetero boy in Colorado I mean uh, to be honest if, if you're going to be the white kid with the Malcolm X poster there's no better place than Colorado do you know what i mean like um i don't know i i just at the time, I was 18. I was just like, man, I feel this right now, dude. By any means. Vaguely threatening, RJ. Coming. <laughs> well, on the way I, home from Scouts, I watched the episode of The Simpsons where Homer, uh, where they shoot the cannonballs into Homer's belly and he's walking around <laughs> with the, the reggae thing and he's just like, why can't I be cool anymore? So mm-hmm. it's very apropos that now we're getting into this. Yeah. Yeah, that's me, but that's okay. 
I just thought I'd ch- I'd tell you about my posters. Right now, yeah. I have um a data poster, and that's it. Yeah, uh, Brett Brett Hart was yep. big in France. I, 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 that is uh, the Hitman. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. The Hitman. The Hitman. They like the, the, they like the the pink. Yeah. No. All right. What about the heartbreak kid? One interesting thing, I heartbreak kid. (laughs) That was my guy. That was when wrestling died for me. Is when uh, Shawn Michaels lost to, uh, I guess it was Stone Cold or something, and was a different when they passing of the torch. Yeah, well, that was like that was after he lost his smile, after he didn't want to wrestle anymore, and then he came back, and then Mm -hmm. but so he got all messed up, and then he came back like what eight years later and continued wrestling incredibly well because it turns out you hit your stride sometimes in your 30s that's when those guys start busting their ass and having real good matches but yeah i don't sean michaels is awesome bret hart's awesome they're all good i, I like them all but i think when i played uh, uh royal rumble for the super nintendo i was like i was sean michaels all the time i love that his uh super kick Sweet, 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 where they'd grapple and you had the little progress bar. Sweet chin music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, baby. Mm-hmm. British bulldog. So, so, who do you who who do you think's the main character in this movie? Hate. Whoa. Damn. <laughs> Damn. It's a metaphor. Uh, I, 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 it's it's the gun. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, the well, gun. I, I, I mean, is... looking at like. The poster and stuff, you'd think it's Vince, but I think at heart, I think, you know, you really get most of Hubert's story, um, my opinion. Yeah, I agree. And he has the classic line, uh, what, hate, hatred breeds hate, which is definitely the theme here. Um, One of the things I was going to note, I noticed on this thing is there, I think, I forget whose apartment they're in. It might be Vince's, but like they're stacked with all kinds of um, audio receivers, so they must have pulled off some big heist to uh, have all this merchandise. So yeah, one of the things, I think one of the main things that settled in me this time is, you know, these are our guys, these are our protagonists, but they're not really good dudes. I mean, they're, um, you know, you know, stealing all this audio equipment. There's a part where like the French media comes and is like filming them and like maybe wants to talk to them about the riots and they're like, fuck you, get out of here, you know? Um, So yeah, they are not willing to play ball. Yeah, but at the same, how are you going to make things better for yourself if you're not willing to reach out to the other side? So it, I think the hate, um, hate breeds hate. I mean, you have the stubborn cops, and then you have the stubborn guys in the projects, and it's just going to clash, clash, clash until you know something else can happen. You know, it's always going to land that that bad way. I guess, like, I mean, I kind of view that cynicism though from like the the, the or the the lead characters um, from that like there's there's been a lot of like bullshit like now the media wants to come and talk to you and they're gonna show up with cameras in your face it's like are my friends like in the mm-hmm. hospital and it's like oh you want to get, get some sound clips like i guess like at some point mm-hmm. you kind of stop buying the the line that anyone's trying to help you and all you're kind of left is is with your uh is your nihilism and uh kind of like oh, i'm just we're down here on our own and uh gonna figure it out and people kind of introduce yeah, hours. And, and it feeds itself, right? And it's just like, yeah, you wind up in this situation of like, well, it's never going to get better, and every, everything's terrible. It's a, it's a real RJ story. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, that depends on how you look at it, man. Do you know <laughs> about Kang? Kang? I know about <laughs> Hubert, though, who uh, who is, I think, I think uh, the argument would be, because like, his 
arc, I guess, because you do spend the most time with Vince, I think. Um, and I think that his placement in there is important too, right? Because I guess like for like make for making this like in, for the audiences, like he's your you know ca- he's your Caucasian uh, character, but he's sort of also sort of an outsider because he's also Jewish, which I it he's writes, also the most unlikable just because he's such he's kind of an asshole, right? And they kind of can amp him up, and but it's like so he kind of fits in with this group, uh, this sort of cosmopolitan band uh, of like. Of characters and you sort of get like kind of like a, a slice of each uh group and he's the one and it's like he's the one that's definitely i mean again but it's also the actor too is is definitely like you know he's the one who becomes like the the movie star uh, of of the group i mean I, I i'm not sure the other actors might be as well but i, I know i've seen vincent cassell and lots of stuff um and and like oceans 12 like oceans 12 oh okay yeah. Well, I guess. Uh, let's see here. What else is uh, uh, Hubert uh, Kundi uh, been in? Uh, the Constant Gardener. He's, he's in there. Uh, something called Gang- <laughs> Gangsterdam. Ooh. <laughs> and then uh, Saeed. Any, uh, any, any heist movies? Uh, I'm not sure. They're they're all French. They oh, okay. possible. Okay, and then uh, okay, so Said uh, Tugmao, what has he been in? I saw Three Kings. Everyone remembers Three Kings. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's been in lots of movies. Uh, Good Thief, the Neil Jordan one, which I don't mm-hmm. remember anything of. He showed up in an episode of The West Wing. Oh, he's in I Heart Huckabee, so he's a real David O. Russell guy a little bit uh, here and there. And then... Um, See what else do I recognize from movies? No, he's been in some stuff. Oh fuck, he's in GI Joe: The Rise of Cobra. Uh, <laughs> As Cobra? Yeah, he's in four episodes oh, of uh, Lost. He's Caesar. <laughs> Don't know. Cool. No, yeah, okay. So this guy definitely. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll take that back. Said Tegma was in quite a bit of work, but Vincent Cassell is definitely like the the star that you see the most. Mainline name. Yeah. It was interesting to see this international film because um, I mean, we, we've seen these films from you know United States. Um, it mostly is about the black community, you know, dealing with these kind of prejudices. So it's kind of an interesting broader scope to see this from an international level with you know a variety of kinds of immigrants uh, dealing with this kind of oppression. Um, so, any thoughts on that? Uh, I mean, that inner universal relatability, I'm not sure. I don't want to, like, obviously diminish, I mean, what this, what, um, you know, the impact, the, I mean, you know, obviously white male definitely don't feel the effect, impact of prejudice nearly as much as um, minority communities. But, um, you know, I just, you know, had a little bit more um, connection with this because we do get to see how that impacts people on a, a little bit of a wider scope. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, this is a film that demonstrates uh, uh, the effects of uh, power and race on people. And uh, I mean, this is it's not unique to any one place, uh, sadly, in the world. So, yeah, no, I mean, that's sort of a, but this movie has like the the grim uh, viewpoint, which sadly continues on. And it's it seems like, huh, if you told me Lahane was made in. 2005 2015 uh why wouldn't you believe him 
there's just no cell phones. <laughs> like that's about it, right? There's no smartphones. Uh, for the most part, and you're there's even that. that scene where he's like in a convenience store and he's like throwing racial slurs at the little Asian guy working there. So it's pretty much kind of coming from all sides, unfortunately. Um, uh, you get a good some good snapshots of what hip hop culture. You get the whole digression into the the break dancing, which is you know always cool to see up on the big screen. Um, I did notice the part this time where they were talking about the Paris cops being more laid back. Um, did you kind of read any like after hours into this movie where like you have this guy that's stuck in this situation that he can't escape from? And obviously this one's a lot less, you know, comedy of errors than after hours, but you still have this idea of being stuck. And um, from the commentary, Kasovitz was saying, yeah, that's part of the idea of the film is, you know, at every turn, these guys trying to get out of the projects, they're just met head on with a cop so they can't escape. And then the same thing happens whenever they go uptown. Yeah, yeah, I, hmm. I definitely would say no. I, I didn't get like that because I kind of put that into like the into the night kind of subcategory. And while I think this movie has mm-hmm. that it t- because it does take place over the course of a night, I didn't get that kind of like. Because that's usually sort of like a floating outsider that kind of finds themselves in this like worst case scenario. But this is them in their home. And so I don't think they felt like out of sorts. They just kind of like, I don't know, they're uh, trying to come to a conclusion, I guess. Like it's very direct. And there is like those kind of crossovers maybe that I think you're thinking of though too. But I would say... I find that like it's unless you're talking about like you know into the night with Jeff Goldblum or something like that or like after hours which is like one of the best uh, and there's like it's actually one of my favorite little genres that I can't think of another one off the top of my head into the night subgenre and so there's gonna be a list of them not the TV series into the night damn this is more of a letterbox question because I definitely know people have written these types of things but usually there's kind of like a a humor I guess to that. Where this is not at all. One fun connection I saw was um, I had actually remembered the train uh, scene a little later. Train meaning um, the guy talking about is it the incident out in Russia or whatever. And not long after that, you know, they, you see them missing the train because they were held up due to um, being hassled by the cops. So then at that moment, they're stuck. Over gotcha. There. Right, right, right. Hmm. Oh, the, the movie I'm thinking of, uh, Something Wild. Uh, with Jeff Daniels, oh. uh, Melanie Griffith, mm-hmm. Ray Liotta, yeah, and even like Blue Velvet kind of has that kind of mm-hmm. into the night, but it was also more like stylized. Uh, Days and Confused mm-hmm. has a bit of that, um, mm-hmm. but 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 it's more really an overnight thing. But again, then you start turning into like, or uh, well, actually, I'm just looking at a list. How about Go from 1999? Remember. Is that anything like Run, Lola, Run? Not, uh, yeah, just like it. It's about going fast and moving, mm. running. Like like the Sonic movie? Like the Sonic movie. He likes to go fast, right? Yeah. Okay. He I can really checking. move. Uh, yeah. yeah, I'm just checking. Yeah. I want to mention the, the art gallery scene again, how they, you know, they show up there and they're basically total assholes to all those folks. So you, you do have these small unlikable moments from them which is kind of makes it a little bit more nuanced um we haven't talked about the set piece yet where they're talking about this guy coming down an escalator and hubert immediately what um stereotypes him as this like conservative old man who is you know just gonna 
kind of keep to himself, look down, not look around, but he's going to use his vote in order to kind of work against, you know, their cause. So that was kind of it's some interesting things to read in there. And then he like marked them as a racist afterwards. So kind of what the nature of, you know, being called a racist is um, in that moment. Any, any take away? Do you remember the escalator scene? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was just, uh, my, my mind got kind of hung up on the art gallery scene because I was thinking about, I, I don't know if, uh, Justin, have you gone to many art openings in your day? Never an opening, but um, okay. galleries in general sure. are fun to attend. So openings are an interesting thing because it attracts like the kind of the, I guess we call it the the plugged in people, the people who like want to set out to be cultured and also seem to have uh solutions and grandiose ideas and are probably would fancy themselves as sort of positioned to be like we were the ones who want to help we're not the problem so i found it like when my when i was watching that scene i've been to these art openings before and i've kind of witnessed what happens when you can see that there's someone that doesn't quite fit with the rest of the like makeup of this like art opening like kind of uh procession uh this ritual so be and, like there'd be kind of like a bully to them well there is sort of like a oh my goodness we're being inconvenienced now and there's mm. sort of this awkward yeah it's it's a real thing and so like i have uh, not exactly anything quite like this or anything like that but there is like that and this is like a cliche that happens in movies too right like kind of like where like you're um i don't know the ones lacking cultural capital arrive and then they're kind of like thrown out. And it's kind of like, it's not like, so there's an extreme, like on a comedy end, you get kind of like the slobs versus snobs sort of dynamic where that's the emphasis of the whole movie. And then there's sort of this more grounded thing where there's this added anxiety and discomfort for the protagonist. Cause you're kind of at this point along for the ride with these characters who have to kind of go into this space that should be, open to everybody because it's literally called an opening and it's open to the public and anybody should be able to go in to take in some art if they're able to appreciate it on in the correct parameters of it um uh, these guys kind of stumble upon it because they're like oh this is like a like an opening this is interesting i like art like you just like are attracted to this thing like that but then you're immediately met with like either like you know you start like <laughs> you see a woman that you're like really attracted to and you go oh well, i'm gonna you know do something about that i this is just seems to be the right place and time to be doing it and it's just like no it's not they're not they're not into that uh they're not interested and then the everything the social everything starts breaking down un until unless you respect these sort of boundaries uh that have been set up uh, but that you haven't consented to, that you haven't agreed upon, but it's just sort of, this is what it is. This is the nature of how things are. And so when things come along to disrupt it, you're immediately kind of tossed out on your ear uh, or kind of shuffled off out, out of the space. Uh, or if, even if it's not that direct, you kind of are like made to be unwelcomed and kind of, you'll figure it out. We don't even have to do it. We're going to benignly ignore you till you leave and we don't have to like sully ourselves any further. And then we can roll our eyes and continue our uh cocktail conversations about i don't know quinoa or something like that right so it's like i felt like that was just one of those scenes where it's like it's kind of that's what i felt like that was what that scene was kind of doing mm -hmm. yeah interesting and you almost see the same thing where they're looking for the guy um what shirtless and the robe or whatever they're like going <laughs> through the uh like the registry for the thing is like is this guy here well we don't know that guy well where is he and stuff mm -hmm. and so yeah you got those people like oh gosh who the hell are these people leave us alone so yeah. um 
I get, I guess what you're saying. Yeah. Like you're, even in the world that like, you know, you're viewed as sort of this inconvenience. Um, and so like, that's just like, that adds to this, like on, like, this is ongoing. Uh, and even the people like, oh, I don't know. I get it. I mean, most people are about want like to feel secure in themselves and they don't want disruption. They want consistency. Um, this is kind of how we've been. It was the whole idea of people right. moving out to the suburbs. I mean, to get rid of the inner city crime, right? Well, that that was the one of the tales of like, yeah, it's the what is it? White flight, I think, is the one of the terms you'll see kind mm-hmm. of talked about with that. Um, yeah, and look at that. Look at it go. <laughs> it's like it's like going, going and going and, and going. yeah, and and it's, it's like oh, things get it's, it's shit. It's all shit. Anyway, uh, continue. Uh, I, I, that that popped into my mind. Um, you mentioned the gallery. So, yeah, yeah. Curious to hear if you had any takeaway from it. Yeah, I'm glad you added that. I, I didn't even have that perspective, not actually attending those things. But, yeah, I can totally imagine those being very unwelcoming and maybe sparking some of the um, resentment they probably already have um, yeah. being in that kind of crowd. But, um, yeah, the escalator scene, the old guy going down, Hubert is, like, describing exactly what he's getting out of the situation. And then he marks it by, uh, the guy's like, Man, you're a racist. So, um, yeah, any takeaway from the escalator? Hmm. Jarrett? Not not per se, RJ. Okay. Uh, I mean, I know in Mall Rats there's an escalator scene. I, I feel like it's not unlike the Lahane escalator scene where it's about, um, you know, kids being unsupervised on the escalator. And I think the real thing here to kind of focus on is, um, what is it, a metaphor? For, you know, like, what is it really trying to say about metaphors? But also just like. Maybe I mean, life, life carries book by its cover. Yeah. Life finds a way. Perhaps. Yeah. You know, King and, and other things. But all I had after that was the fact that, you know, we do have the style of like this ticking clock throughout the day and it, it intensifies there at the end as, um yeah, it gets into the final encounter between them and the cops and. Accidental gun goes off and yeah, it goes to black. It's about a society in free fall. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Great movie. Great. Good stuff. Good times for everybody. For everyone. How about you, RJ? Well, I mean, you I mean, you guys know me on the Criterion Cruise podcast as being um the guy who sees the things that other people don't see and you know the guy who uh kind of gets uh you know a little, a little bit wild with uh his uh political discourse on interpretations so um i mean what else is new right uh anyways um lahane uh i think it's good it's a good show some of there's some stuff that annoyed me but it's not about the movie itself it's more um I think I'm getting really old and when I see youths doing things that I don't agree with, it, mm-hmm. it upsets me. Uh, oh, so like, <laughs> okay, so here's my thing. That happened I think, to me in Florida project. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, no, exactly. Okay. Like I think it's a good movie. It's a well-made movie. I, I really like what it's like the point of the movie and all that stuff. I think that's, that's all very well, well treaded between the two of you guys and just other people too. Like it's a good show. Um, but uh, I did find it hard to sympathize with the character sometimes. Like the only guy I really liked was uh, Hugh uh, Hubert. 
um, because I was like, I feel like he's always trying to do the right thing where Vins and uh, what's the other dude's name? Saeed. Saeed. Uh, I was kind of like, these guys are just pricks. Like it, they're, they're, they're kind of, the, they're, the, they're, they're the, like the teenage or like young, early 20 do twenties dudes. They're just assholes to be assholes. And I was just like, man, fuck these guys. <laughs> Cause like, you know what I mean? Like they just go around like causing trouble and i know like the point of the movie is that it's like they're getting pushed on so they like push back it's like i understand that but sometimes like sometimes they're in a situation where it doesn't call for that and they're just being kind of dinks for no reason i was like dudes i was like you guys gotta relax man like why are you being mean to this person this person never did anything to you and i know that's again the point because it's like the cops are mean being mean to people that they don't know and that have never done anything to them. So I understand all that. But there was something about seeing youths doing things that I was just like, man, if I saw a group of teenagers and they were being doing things like this, I'd be like, man, I'd be upset. I wouldn't do anything about it. But I'd sit behind my curtain with like one finger drawn and be like, oh, what are they doing out there? You know what I mean? Just watching them. So anyways, that's a long way to say that uh, um, I, I like the movie and I know I know what it's doing. I think it does it well. But uh, there were times in this where I was like, man, I don't like I don't like anyone on screen right now. And I know that you don't have to like everybody for a movie. But uh, I kind of thought some of these guys sucked. Um, anyways, that is whatever um, I did. I, I really like Isn't there. Um... We kind of see that like Hubert has been to prison, so maybe he's the yeah. part of the reason why he's a little bit more down to earth and not willing to shake the boat as much as the others. The others. I think that yeah, that's probably part of it. Like, um, I I just he struck me as a guy who was like a little bit more um, he was just more mature than the others. Like he tried to have like a gym for like kids and stuff like that, and he he was like genuinely trying to kind of help each other out. Where um, like Saeed all that dude cares about is himself which i mean I, that's the character he's just kind of like a shitty little dude he's running around trying to get hot dogs and stuff and vins thinks he is uh better than he actually is and that's what he keeps kind of telling people he's like i'll do this i'll do that and you're like all right do it was the hot dog scene was that the rooftop cookout that the yep. uh, the police were like oh move, move along. okay yeah so like, that hot it's that dogs. What are you talking about? Well, he steals a hot dog and he doesn't pay for it. And then he runs around like a little asshole. And then he uh, <laughs> like in the, the hot dog guy chases him down. And he's just like, you got to give me a fucking dollar for that hot dog. And he's like, I he's like, what hot dog? And he's just eating it. And it's like, you little dink. Just pay for the fucking hot dog. He doesn't want to. I know he doesn't want to. Hey, I mean, I get it. Fuck the police. The, the state, the state's keeping him down. He's not paying for that fucking hot dog. I know. I, the I man get gets it. shot. He gets shot in the head by accident. I mean, no, not Saeed. That's oh, Vince. That's Vince. Okay. I, I've yeah, lost track. Saeed's the one who's just watching. And oh. you know what? Maybe that wouldn't have happened if you didn't steal that hot dog, Saeed. Oh, I see. It's the, so you're saying it's, it's the hot dog that set all these things in motion. It's a butterfly yeah. effect, baby. Because yeah. he stole that hot dog, which created discourse on the roof, which drew the crowds, which caused the police to be there and the undercovers. Because that's another thing. There's those undercover cops all over the place. Um, I think it was the hot dog incident. Or Notre Dame jackets. The Notre Dame jackets. I know. I know the movie tries to tell you it's that one kid who was brutally beaten up by the cops and died, which spur spurred it all. I think it was the hot dog incident because he stole that hot dog, and everything that happened afterwards was bad. 
And then, like, I really sympathize with, like, that dude who they see who's, like, uh, maybe a smuggler or something. And he's like, man, they burnt my car down. And they're like, yeah, fuck the establishment. And he's like, fuck the establishment. And he's like, this is my car. He's like, fuck you guys. And he kind of tells them to leave, you know. I kind of, I, I sympathize with that guy because he's like, he's like, it was my car, you know. So, uh, anyways, uh, I do like, um, I like what the movie's doing. I think it's well done in in what it's trying to do. There's a lot of really good screenshots about taking a shit and uh, farts and stuff like that, which I'm also super on board with. Um, like anytime something like that happens. So I got a lot of good hot dog screenshots. I got a lot of good shit and fart screenshots. Uh, I got a good shot of though, like melees because who, who doesn't like that? There's some sandwich talk, which I also thought was pretty cool. Talks about what's up some other people's asses. Like, I mean, all around good stuff. But as Jarrett said, like, um, it's things it's like, was this movie made today? And it's like, well, you know what? I hear the more things change, the more things stay the same. You know, Jer? Dagnabbit. And I've also heard that it's like you like today are calling hot dogs glizzies. So, oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, Touché. I actually... I, that's actually one of the youth trends that I actually am on. I'm, I'm on board Aww. with. I like Glizzy. I think I, I actually kind of like that. <laughs> is it because it glistens? Is that the idea? I, I don't know. I don't know what it is. But have you ever gotten? Have you ever gotten like a hot dog from Sev? And then you know how they have the chili pump. You ever gotten like a Slurpee cup and filled the Slurpee cup up with the chili, and then you dunk the hot dog in the chili cup? No. Are you gonna tomorrow? No. Maybe. Why? What are you What are you having for lunch tomorrow? Well, I'm I'm going to dine on the 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 who hates comments left for this film. Mm-hmm. Uh, from GG Love Hotel, hey. half a star. Vincent Cassell acts so badly. I didn't like the film. I found it slow and without interest. Whereas the film had a good story and a good potential, but it prefers to show people living in a poor neighborhood as very caricatural. And too exaggerated. It made me many times uncomfortable. Several times I felt like the director and writers never went to a poor neighborhood and made a story out of caricatures of what they thought was reality. Uh, this person likes the Twilight movies. Okay. Um, they don't really have a. They only have ninety nine films logged. Well, so. Look, look, people. The the, the movies. <laughs> the movies sometimes they're movies the movie films the movie pictures the movie pictures i don't know okay. well, what else yeah. we got yeah okay. uh we've got uh this might be on the second page if i remember but there's da rock da rock okay half a star two words incel movie incel movie yeah that's kind of incredible there's also a i, I don't want to jump the gun da rock likes train spotting purple rain vertigo and zero day so we got we got that going for us but uh, do you have a uh, poopy ploppies poopy ploppies review nope the pain half a star oh there's a criterion boy lots of criterion films that they like i i just thought i thought that was kind of funny uh, one more, half a star for Muscle Man 420. Ooh. So cringe. 
script was either written by a 15-year-old dumbass or a 50-year-old <laughs> who's concerned about the youth. <laughs> Embarrassingly indulgent direction that falls totally flat. Uh, Holly Oaks acting. I don't know what that one is. Holly like Oaks. Holland, Holland Oaks acting? Is ha- that what Holly, Holly Oaks. As opposed to Hollywood. Holly Oaks. That's nothing. That's a made-up thing. Whatever they say. Uh, and then Muscle Man 420 concludes basically unwatchable cool cool muscle man for 20 uh five star gummo fuck yeah then we, well i mean i mean yeah i mean I, i'm on i'm on board with that i mean i think okay. i think gummo uh makes as a is a big statement it's what it's, 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 it's the statement what's that but what did they think about acting maximus uh, that, you know question. what? I, I suspect I they, might not know. Have, they might they not be familiar with it yet until they listen to this show. Yet to send them a coupon code in their comments so they can watch it for free. There you go, coupon. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Bo, how about those youths? Are, are you concerned, RJ? I've never not been concerned about the youths. Like that's what I've been trying to say for a long time. Somebody's got to watch these fucking kids. Yeah, it's not I mean, gonna be me. <sighs> I don't know. There is always that criticism you could lob at uh, any of these types of movies. But the about, well, it, this is like a, I mean, one of my all time favorite movies, as everybody knows, of course, is a, a little film called Crash. Uh, mm. And it's sort of oh, like, Vegas. so he's, you make you're going to make a movie about this area. And now there's yeah. like different roads that can happen here. It's like you make a movie. And it, it could make become like an impetus for societal change. That's a, sort of this wish that uh some filmmakers and art makers have that they will mm-hmm. uh create something and something will come of it because it'll expose some sort of uh truth uh that will get people thinking and acting and doing something or become sort of like this relic uh in in different ways uh or like this movie that it continues to exist and continues to depict sort of a state of miserableness that like nothing changes and you're like oh this is like a document rather than like sort of an art piece um so that's great <laughs> but i don't know mm. but uh, yeah we'll see we'll what see. is art well it's all i mean what, what are you saying about it isn't that what isn't that what makes it great rj that it's not real isn't that actually the most appealing part of art is that it isn't real because reality sucks all we have maybe is art because it's not real. Some have said nothing. Some, some say reality bites. Mm-hmm. Like Ben Stiller. Well, yeah, I mean, life finds a way. Am I right, boys? Any final thoughts on Lahane? Them kids, get out of here. That's me. That's you. Best there was, best there is, and the best there ever will be. Well, huge. Uh, Heartbreak kid. Um, oh, <laughs> sexy. All right. Uh, after the break, we can't see RJ. He's just darkness, but there's going to be a big <laughs> zoom in on his eyes. Black hole. As he looks at Craigbot saying, why did you fail me tonight, Craigbot? Why? It's a good question. And, and then <laughs> shots fired. Black. Good question. No hope for Craigbot.
RJ, mm. is it all hopeless? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> when did you think it wasn't? JP, is it all hopeless? The key is you got to have the bus pass. If you have the bus pass, you can take that subway night or day. No problem. You get home. What? Maybe we should get shouldn't... home, get a glizzy. What I'm saying, what I'm saying is, maybe we shouldn't have bus passes. What, what, what does it matter? One one more person on the bus does it fucking matter? What is a bus? What is a bus? Is what I want to know. You can email us at criteriaincrease at gmail and give us the answers. Um, we've got, we've got about buses. We got a Patreon. Oh yeah, yeah. If you, you want, get a lot of stuff with that, you get a Discord. You get Star Trek Discovery discussion. It's amazing. Um, for and if you are cheap, you can just join us on Letterbox where we don't watch movies. I'm Jared Duncan. He's Barnlow. Mm-hmm. Justin Peterson is Justin Peterson. The Justin Peterson. How many? You know, it's been like eight months. How many fo- uh, followers are you up to these days? <laughs> last, 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 last I think last time it's like six thousand or something like that that accurate oh no it's i think i don't want to misquote but holy I think I'm, shit yeah i'm needing I think a milestone time, fuck, he's like 88 now or sorry 89 70 so i think like last time it was like six thousand or something like that and i was because i think last the time for that i it was like three and you're like oh no it's like six now i just said six now it's 89 what happens at 10 what are you gonna do you're getting to that 10 wow 10 000 followers um, what am I gonna do? I don't know. I might take a cold shower or something. Oh man, this will start bathing again. <laughs> this, 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 this is this is the uh, the final march. This is it. Like oh, help, help help Justin have a bath. He's gonna yeah. he's gonna have a shower strike. No more showers until he hits ten, and uh, he's willing to hold out. His his family's willing to make that sacrifice. They don't know it yet, but it's, mm-hmm. they're they're in it. They support him fully. Um, we're on SoundCloud, Stitcher, mm-hmm. iTunes, Google Play, Tumblr, um, t- YouTube, Tumblr. YouTube. Uh-huh. Uh, Justin, you, you, you TikTok. Uh, pod- TikTok, you pod, you podcast. You have a mm-hmm. show. Right? I do. Yeah. yeah. On, on, on YouTube. YouTube, we're the Average Joe's Movie Club Cast. Got our next episode. Let's see what we're going to talk about. We're talking about One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest and Interstellar with some guests. So should be Ooh, good. Those are good movies. Some uh, are they both Warner Brothers as well? They are. They might be, yeah, because Nolan and yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. good call there. Yeah. Uh, but next week, RJ and I and maybe Craig Buck, we're back together, just the two of us, the three of us. Because uh, I won't leave RJ out of it. Just Craig Buck times. Mm. Stuart Cooper's Overlord from 1975. I think this cool. movie's about. I think this movie's about WW2. RJ. Uh, Worldwide Wrestling 2? Yep. Shawn Michaels. Holy shit. Is yeah. British Bulldog in this one? Uh, he, he He's teaming up, actually. With Chris Benoit? They're going to fight, like, I don't know. Um, what's a Legion German, of Doom? What's a German wrestler? German wrestler. German wrestler? Goldust. No, what? Goldust? Goldust is 100% German. No, he's Dust, Dustin Rhodes. Dustin Rhodes? Dustin Rhodes <laughs> is not. A, a, gold, he's, gold he, ain't no, he ain't no uh, German. He ain't no Kraut. 
No, but the idea of gold dust is a hundred percent German. You look at gold dust, you tell me that's not hey, German. He's just a pervert. It could be that's like <laughs> well, that could no. be that's a global phenomenon. Well, I mean, <laughs> maybe it's Carl von Hess is who they'll be wrestling. Yeah, I mean, uh, what's uh, who's that dude who shit his pants when he got uh, what Undertaker? Slammed? No, not no the other dude. <laughs> Undertaker shit his pants. Are, the are, other are, dude, are, uh, Sid. When, Sid? Yeah, Sid Vicious. That Psycho dude's probably Sid? German. He's probably German. And he's tall. Well, yeah. What else, what else do you need to be German? Oh, man. Oh, Psycho Sid. You know, I cried myself to sleep the night that Sid Vicious jumped through, like, fireworks and attacked Razor Ramon and broke my heart. Oh, my God. I, I know. Very impressionable. If only you knew that he had shit his pants, then you went to, you you would have been like... <laughs> Whatever, fuck that guy. My my my, uh, my tidbit for everybody is go check out when she jumped off the rope and broke his leg. Horrific, mm. horrific, not good, not good. Is that when he shit? No. No. Well, I would shit my pants if I broke my leg. So yeah, I'll be a hundred percent up front with that. You might be too busy like screaming. No, I'll be later. I'll be shitting. Okay. I I'd be shitting. Okay. Yeah. Well, well, thanks, Justin, for joining us. Mm-hmm. Pleasure seeing you thanks again. Thanks folks. Um, and RJ? Yeah. T- until next time. You think you'll see me next time? Stay fit and have fun. Who? Au revoir. <laughs> and scene. We did it. We got there. Incredible. Ooh.